Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Good morning to you. It is two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, joining us today. And always remember, kids, nine is a magic number. It is Wednesday, September 9th. Uh, 2009. Thank you for drawing near this morning. Raise your hands if you're on time to work this morning. Ooh, not so fast, Rick Emerson. <laughs> wow. So, I should note, by the way, that, that we are actually live. This is not like I'm not broadcasting from my car or anything. I was, however, uh, just sort of sitting and idling around my house this morning at like, oh, I don't know, 4.47 or something like that when the phone rang. And I thought, that's odd. Who would be calling me at my house at this uh, at this time? It's only 4.15. And then I realized that I was wearing... We did talk about this the other day, right? That I was wearing this watch that had that yeah, was behind, that was slowing down. Yes, and then Tim put a dot on it so you wouldn't wear it anymore. So the other day, I kept... Like twice in a row, Sarah had to come into the office and say, like, Hey, jackass, we're on the air. And I said, What do you mean? I've got plenty of time left. My watch says I've got hours before we're back. And she said, No, 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 we're back now. And my watch had started to run behind. So Tim had stuck a bright orange dot onto it, which I then cleverly removed at the end of the day, because why would you ever want to remind yourself that your watch wasn't working? So my watch had apparently just, I mean, for all intents and purposes, had, had just come to a stop uh, this morning when uh, when Greg decided to actually call me and see if I felt like coming in today. I did. All right, it's uh, 503-228-4101. Thank you for uh, drawing near today. 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like at 520 520- Five one, and uh, if you want to email, you can do that. It's Rick at RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler himself can be reached at Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, at KUFO.com. Coming up later on the day, we'll have a copy of the Beatles' Rock Band game uh, to give away. That is at some point before the end of the show. We'll tell you later on how you can win that. So today is uh, 999, and I don't, so I don't think they've made... The Apple announcement, like, they haven't done whatever they're going to do today, because I think that that happens in Cupertino, or wherever it is they're based. Um, But the the suspicion is, it is widely suspected that they're going to be adding the Beatles catalog uh, to the iTunes library today at some point. uh, And or that they will be putting out some sort of Beatles-branded iTunes, or uh, iPod player, which... Or or there's some kind of... Weird iPod announcement. We're not sure yet. There's going to be uh, something happening today. Uh, the Beatles remaster catalog comes out today, and we're going to be giving away copies of the Beatles Rock Band game uh, all week long. If you win that, you'll also be entered in the grand prize drawing for the Rock Band special value pack. Includes all the Rock Band instruments, the microphone, guitar, drums, etc., and the game. So that is at some point uh, today. We're also going to talk to Jerry Ryan of uh, Star Trek Voyager, and she's also going to be in the new series of Leverage. Ryan White from the Oregonian will be here with a Beatles-themed top five. Uh, we'll talk to MTV News about the upcoming Video Music Awards. And Anthony Zucker, who is the creator of CSI, 
will be on the program today. It's all very exciting and action-packed. Good morning, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Good morning. I had a weird night. I uh, finished reading No Country for Old Men and then watched the movie right afterward. What'd you think? I, I liked it, but then I had the dreams that, of course, that guy was hunting me. That he was following you all around with an air movie. thing that no. he could... I had a dream with, you know, spoiler if you haven't seen it at the end, with uh, uh, Clara Jean, you know, when she's there. And right. um, I had a dream that I was in that room, and then I was trying to hide, and my sister was there, too, and we were trying to hide from him, and I heard that whole dialogue that he was having with her at the end with the coin and everything. And uh, I was freaking out, and then he all of a sudden came and opened up the curtains, and my sister was sitting there, and I started screaming, and he just said something, like, kind of creepy and walked and left us alone and walked away. It was unnerving. Do you and have I, any antifreeze for my car? And then I woke up this morning, I'm like, okay. I'm not going to do a back-to-back like dreary ever again. No, I, I opted uh, actually not to read The Road last night before I went to bed. I've changed my road reading to the middle of the day when it's still bright and sunshiny outside. Mm-hmm. I And i got to get it done before, uh, you know, because I'm only reading like 10 or 12 pages a day because it's so insufferably bleak. I mean, it's a great book, but I, I can no longer read it at night. I have to read it, it like at, I don't know, 1 or 2 in the afternoon when I can walk outside and then enjoy and then hear the birds sing and see something good in the world. Yeah, see, yesterday was just full of weird because I was trying to finish it because I really wanted to watch the movie last night. So I read it before my nap and then turned that led to weird dreams. And then um, and then I watched the movie right before I went to bed, which just led to the craziest dreams ever. But at least Javier, whatever his name is. His name but is you see what awesome. I mean? In the movie, he's got the weird bowl cut going oh, on. Oh, no, he's creepy. Yeah. He's totally creepy. I, like the, I do like the movie uh, because it did cut out some parts of the book that just seemed to go on a little bit, um, especially toward the end. Like, there were some parts that I was wondering how they would incorporate him into the movie, and they didn't. But he's also got that thing where it's, a, it's like almost as though they've electronically lowered his voice. His voice sounded weird. It reminded me of somebody's. I couldn't place it. It's kind of rattling the speakers, though. It's just so low, and it's got so much resonance. It's nice. The coin has no memory. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, Tim made it Tim made it just into the first killing by the side of the road, and then Tim was like, I think I'm going to leave now. All right. It's uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. At some point today, we'll also have another pair of tickets for you to see Def Leppard and Poison uh, this Friday, as well as tickets to uh, the premiere of Whiteout starring Kate Beckinsale. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO newsroom in downtown Portland. It is now 509. Expect showers today, high temperatures in the 70s. Well, the road should be reopening now. They had construction overnight on I-5 and uh, I-5 northbound. At the Interstate 205 South Junction, they closed the on-ramps there. They were paving a stretch of the I-5 from the Tualatin River to the Willamette River. So, it was closed. It is reopening as we speak. Well, somebody's complaining about Mayor Adams again, but this time it's a heterosexual adult. A signature <laughs> gatherer complains. The mayor yelled at him. And hurt his feelings as he was signing up people on one of those uh, protest forums of Pioneer Courthouse Square. And the man claims the mayor's yelling at him cost him business. At least one signature. Yes, it is pretty lame. The mayor claims the accusations are false and he has credible witnesses. A gubernatorial candidate has completed his walk across the state from Baker City to Portland. Almost 400 miles and nobody cared. Is Republican Alan Alley... It took 37 days to accomplish his feat, and he held 100 town meetings that nobody covered. If you've got 37 days that you can take off to walk across the state, you're too unoccupied as a human being to be my mayor. I mean, uh, the, the vast majority of them must have been boring days. There's nothing to see until you get to the Portland metro area, really. Seriously, well, he was just it, walking. It's a barren desert. When you say, so this is a guy, he's running for governor, I guess. Yes. So he was walking from where to where when you say Baker across the city state? to Portland. That's 400 miles. He walked 400 miles. Ba- where's and nobody ba- cares. Is Baker City toward? Where is that? 
toward nothing. It's, 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 it's like that way. <laughs> Once you go past Gresham, it's like nothing to get to Boise, isn't it? I'm walking from a vast expanse to an arid wasteland. There, there's, uh, there's road rage and murderers, and that's just about it. And so, gunslingers so, robbing people. So just taking a tour of meth labs and dust. All right. So uh, we finally have some of this from Obama's speech. Because we're not school kids, we didn't get to see it yesterday, so we have some of the finer points here. President Obama telling kids if they quit school, they quit their country. We need every single one of you to develop your talents and your skills and your intellect so you can help us old folks solve our most difficult problems. If you don't do that, if you quit on school, you're not just quitting on yourself, you're quitting on your country. So that was one of the things he said. So one of the parents who protested this speech watched it for socialist indoctrination, and he gives a report on what he thought. At his parents' request, 8-year-old Maverick Nowak was taken out of class and into the library during the president's speech. His father spent last week handing out flyers at his son's school north of Houston. Uh, I'm not real pleased with the plans. Calling the speech socialist indoctrination of children. (laughs) We watched it with him today. I was very concerned about having my child basically in a setting in which he was going to be forced to listen to the president and I was not, we weren't aware yet of what was going to be said. Any indoctrination in this speech? No, I think the only indoctrination would be the message of staying in school, which is a good one. Wow. Meanwhile, the president wasn't the only motivational speaker on the stump yesterday. Michael Vick gave a motivational speech to kids about dog fighting. It's times in life, you know, when you got to go either left or right. He said while getting his hair cut. Go the right way. Which led to 18 months of being in prison, which was the toughest time of my life. What is what is going on there in the background? It's like he's in a. It's like they're giving him a fade or something. And he went to prison for eighteen months. He went to yeah. He would know he was just a blink of an eye. It seemed yeah. like yeah. I wow. mean he went to yeah. He went to prison for a year and a half. It's I mean it's been a long time since that since everything sort of wow, came that down. Seems like that just happened too. Wasn't that the isn't that the deal? Yeah yeah. Oh I'm sorry. Greg is uh, Greg's microphone is not. Uh... Oh and there we go. How oh, about now? Oh, okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. No. He went to prison for. Eight... For 18 months, but then he was incarcerated before that even. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was like two years of time that he was. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's been kind what of ongoing. What year did that happen? Uh, I don't know, like 2006, I think, is when they, I think 2006 is when they made the, when they discovered it, when they made the, the arrest or the, whatever it was. Yeah, okay. I think that's correct. Yeah, so. All right, uh, let's do one more here and then we will uh, take a break. Sharks off the beach, why it's a real life Jaws. Beaches in Chatham, Massachusetts on Cape Cod are closed indefinitely due to the ongoing presence of great white sharks close to shore. Three more sharks were tagged yesterday by uh, the Department of Sharks, bringing to the number five of great whites seen there since Saturday. They're going to put tags on these things. Don't ask me who's putting tags on sharks, but they are. Worst job ever. They're helping scientists monitor sharks' migratory habits. Experts believe the sharks are drawn to the area by hundreds of seals. And not necessarily tourists, but they'll eat anything. As though the shark knows the difference between a seal and a tourist. I mean, mm-hmm. one fat thing flopping around in the water is pretty much the same as another, I would imagine. I would agree. Lunch is lunch. All right, uh, straight ahead, we'll have more from Tim Riley coming up later on today. A copy of the Beatles' Rock Band game and a pair of tickets to see Def Leppard and Poison. Plus Jerry Wright from Star Trek Voyager and uh, Leverage and Anthony Zucker, creator of CSI. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an effing clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO. 
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Wednesday. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 620 this morning, Jerry Ryan from Star Trek Voyager and uh, the new season of Leverage. Ryan White from the Oregonian at 7 o'clock. And at 830, Anthony Zucker, creator of CSI, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 525. Now we're going to have showers today, high temperatures in the 70s. What would happen if the kids at Reed College got the swine flu? They have a plan already on paper. They'll have special measures and they'll lock them away from healthy students. Now, right, first of all, there have been no swine flu cases at Reed College as of yet. Six students would be isolated in their dorm rooms and would not be allowed to leave. Staff members will deliver meals at their own peril. If students become sick, a house on or near campus will be dedicated to being the official swine flu house. It'll be the sick house. Is that a thing where if, you, uh, if you're locked up with a bunch of other people that have swine flu, you're just going to keep giving each other swine flu over and over and over again? Exactly. Like the, like the clap at some sort of poorly regulated swingers house? So if you're one of those lucky people at Reed College, you're going to the swine flu house. I love Whether you like it or not. <laughs> That's the worst. I'll take houses I don't wish to pledge for a thousand, please. Uh, what makes you wish to join a swine flu house? Well, I've got liquefied insides and my nose won't quit running. Well, okay then. So a swine flu house is both for boys and girls. Yes, it is, Tim. It's, it's not one you know, sorority over another. No, it's, a, it's like a viral slinky in that way. So now investigators believe whoever knocked down the two radio towers of Everett radio station KRKO took off on a boat. The Herald of Everett, I guess that's their newspaper, now reports that shortly after the incident, the Earth Liberation Front claimed responsibility, saying that the tower signal would be dangerous. The new towers have been controversial for the longest time the FBI has been brought in. The station is offering $25,000 reward to catch the elves responsible. It's pretty amazing that they actually, they were they had the stones to go up and knock those things over with yeah. a bulldozer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about dangerous. If that thing had just gone the wrong way, it would have, it really would have been satisfying if it had just tipped over and flattened that thing, though. I mean, I guess it was too much to hope for, but, you know, maybe next time. Well, it looks like we're not going to the moon after all. Uh, the White House looked into it and found out it's going to cost $3 billion a year more than the current budget. So uh, getting a partnership with somebody else like the Canadians, they're always uh, getting into our stuff. Or, or the Europeans, for that matter. But we don't have enough money to send people to the moon anymore. Was that under debate? Was that something we were talking about doing? Yes. We're always talking about sending people to the moon for some unknown reason. But, I mean, what is? I mean, did we leave our car keys there? What would be the possible reason for going back? What is our... Not that I'm opposed to science To establish a new world. On the, on the moon. Yes. And who wouldn't want to live on the moon? What's the point of that? It's like they establishing... can just live in eastern Oregon, like Baker City. There's was, plenty I, of open room up there. I was just going to say that it's like well, establishing... Have them land in Baker City and say they're on the moon. We're going to establish a brand new world in Toppenish. There's nothing there. No. I mean, find someplace better to go. So uh, the president is going to address a joint session of Congress today. And he is expected to push for a government-run insurance option. So now... He's he's planning on doing this for real. He laid out his thoughts this morning on Good Morning America. There are principles that if they're not embodied in the bill, I will not sign it. And I will give you an example I already mentioned. If it's adding one dime to the deficit, if it's not fully paid for, uh, then I will not uh, be supportive. That's one of the reasons why we're not going to the moon. The president says he hasn't been clear enough about what he wants to see in this health care bill. I, out of an effort to give Congress the ability to do their thing and not uh, step uh, step on their toes, uh, probably uh, left 
too much ambiguity out there. So now the, the uh, Democrats have borrowed a page from Carl Rose's book, finally calling it the Summer of Wingnuts. <laughs> what? The Summer of Wingnuts is now over. I mean, who can really disagree with that, though? Yeah, I mean, but, but they should have come up with it like the first time that somebody caused well, problems. Not wait till the very end of it. Well, Democrats just aren't good at that kind of a thing. They're just uh, Democrats aren't really good at taking the offense Three in any phrases, way. Three word Summer of Wingnuts. Exactly. Well, but... Uh, the, I mean, whatever you want to say about the Republicans, I mean, they're really good at destroying people. That really is their... Yeah. Them being mean. I, I mean, that is that is the thing. They, they, they score a perfect 600 on that every time uh, around. Whereas the Democrats always have this sort of foolhardy notion that the, quote, power of our ideas will win at the end of the day, or whoever's smarter is somehow going to come out on top, which is never the way it works. No. That's, that is not the way that the Americans world Americans don't understand anything over three words. <laughs> No, like, they don't. Like, catchy breath. Different is good. They understand things like that. <laughs> eat eat more food. <laughs> Marry and reproduce. The, did you notice, by the way, the irony of the guy yanking his kid out of class because of the Obama thing and putting him in the library, which I have to admit could surprise me a bit. I was I was caught a little off guard by that. I would think the library would be like enemy number two on that list of, you know, things I want my child to... Things that yes. are a harm to my child. They tried to teach my baby science. So you're probably wondering what kids thought about this speech. A young boy named Tommy was asked what he thought about it after watching it. I thought that the important message for me was to be responsible for ourselves and take actions for ourselves. Tommy has swallowed the red bait, hook, line, and sinker. Now, I don't know what gender this person is, but their name is Yimmy. That's Y-I-M-M-Y. So Yimmy will now give his or her uh, reaction to the speech. I think their gender is foreign, Tim. Yimmy. I also thought that it was being responsible and setting goals for yourself. I think that's a girl. I think that's an apple polisher who's decided that they're going to say something uh, smart to the guy with the microphone. Uh, here's girl number two with her comments. Well, the president said that if you quit on yourself, then you're quitting on your country. And I thought that that was very important. Wow. It's wow, like a little Tracy flicks. <laughs> Seriously, that's... I mean, we'll do, have more annoying children coming up later in the program. And we've all been out of school for multiple decades. But oh, yes. Don't you immediately flashback? Don't you immediately know what kind of kids those are just by their oh, voice? Yeah. I well, mean, you that, nailed it with Tracy Flick. So, can you play, the, yeah, play that last girl one more time? Let's see. Annoying girl number one. Okay. Well, the president said that if you quit on yourself, then you're quitting on your country. And I thought that that was very important. Uh, you just know that girl has a blonde ponytail and ribbons in her hair. Embraces, yeah, and probably has a probably has a pony at home. You're going to be working for her someday, probably. I that's that's the way so it always works, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I think I have worked for her in the past, actually. All right, uh, straight ahead, we have seen a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. He'll uh, be joining us at six o'clock. Talk about the Apple announcement that is uh, coming up at some point this morning. Jerry Ryan from Star Trek Ro- uh, Voyager, and you okay over there? Excuse me. <laughs> it's like you were My gonna... allergies like have kicked in full force this morning. <laughs> but hurled under the control board. Emerson show. Awesome. Rock I'll just continue to talk over this until it's done. There we go. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Wednesday, September 9th, 
2009. And at some point during today's program, you'll have a chance to win the Beatles Rock Band game, which comes out today. We'll also talk to Steve Kastenbaum coming up at 6 o'clock. Uh, this morning, we'll talk to him about the Apple announcement, which is uh, slated to take place this morning in Cupertino. And Jerry Ryan from Star Trek Voyager and Leverage uh, will join us later on. We'll uh, have Anthony Zucker, the creator of uh, CSI. And by the way, Sarah, you might want to check your... Uh, you check your email. I just sent you the best mug shot ever. Oh, I see best mug All right. shot. You want to brace yourself. Uh, okay. I'm opening it. And and this comes to us, of course, from the uh, from the sunshine state of, uh, of Florida. Okay. And oh, there we go. That's the reaction I was waiting for. Can you see that from where you are, Tim? Yes. Would you like Is me to send it your way? So you can... His teeth look like broken cigarettes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Would I better send you your own copy so you can inspect it more closely? No, I, I can see it all the way from here. It's, okay. it's close enough. I'll, uh, Greg, I'll send that your way as well. I don't wish for you to be left out. I'll, uh, wow. I'll post that at rickemerson.com here. Are those here. the top or the bottom? I don't know. That's the best thing is I don't know where those teeth are hooked. I mean, they must like, be. Are they giant bottom teeth or like huge, like <laughs> really loose top teeth? Isn't that awesome? They're joined to his head somewhere, but I, I don't really know where. Do you have this I'm, on your website? I'm, uh, I'm about to post it right now. Um, his name is David Allen Lee. Uh, age David 40, Allen Lee. Arrested in Pasco County, Florida on Monday for aggravated battery. Can we just call him Joseph Scrooge? Yes, we can. So, it doesn't it look like he's... Uh, it looks like someone has... chewing on rocks. It's just awful. Or that <laughs> someone has photoshopped out large sections of his mouth, because it doesn't look like the teeth are really joined to anything. No, it looks like they're floating. It looks like he has uh, press-on nails stuck to his bottom lips. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite something. It's uh, I was not prepared for that in any way. I'm going to be uh, posting that right now. Okay, I've got to stop looking at that. At the uh, news desk, yeah, it'll take your soul away. It's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 545, now expect showers all day. High temperatures in the 70s. Brandy Mary Bendillo's in serious trouble. She's accused of an alleged kidnap-for-hire plot. She's a woman from the Dalles was arrested in an undercover sting for trying to kidnap her friend's baby. Last week, the OSP learned 27-year-old Brandy Mary was looking to abduct the infant, so they sent some detectives out as bait. Well, she took the bait. Apparently, she tried to give these guys guns and cash to steal her friend's child. She's charged with kidnapping, attempted kidnapping, conspiracy, solicitation to commit kidnapping. Her bail, $533,000. Her attorney denies the whole thing. Her name is Brandy. How hard could it be to get kids of her own? She's probably pregnant now. Yeah. And she has creepy eyes. Does she? Oh, she totally has creepy eyes. I want your baby. (laughs) I think you mean baby. Steal a baby baby for me. Meanwhile, a woman says her purse has been stolen by a pair of thieves in Gresham. Police say it's called tang teaming. A few cases have taken place this summer. I think you're. Uh, I think you have mixed stories there, Tim. No, that's exactly what it's called. We're talking about Gresham here. Charlotte Miller was shopping innocently at the Gresham Safeway over the weekend when a man kept asking her questions about testing melons, and apparently she she pulled this away is... from her shopping cart long enough to answer his questions about melons and. The second purse snatcher snatched the purse while she's answering questions. This is a story about tag teaming in Gresham that requires one of the men to ask the women about testing melons. That's correct, yes, and she took the bait. When she turned around, her purse was gone. Police say a woman tried to use her debit card at Fred Meyer, but uh, she left when the clerk asked her for an ID. Miller told police the guy distracting her was in his 20s, has blonde hair, and is wearing a hooded sweatshirt. 
If you know of anyone fitting that description, please contact the authorities. That guy? That or guy. It's that guy. Or the just melon a, tester. Just engage in vigilante justice yourself. Well, people don't pay very much attention to people lost in the woods, but apparently there was another one. A hiker was found yesterday and had to spend the night in the woods. John Dean Colvin was uh, supposed to take a day hike in the Green Canyon Trail over at Devil's Peak. Well, his wife called 911 and said he didn't come home. Clackamas County Sheriff's Rescue Team used his cell phone number to find his location. He used a space blanket and made a campfire to keep warm overnight. A space blanket? I guess that's what you take to the moon, wouldn't like you? Like the astronauts used? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is just beginning. A bone has been found in the backyard. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Next to the home where J.C. Lee Dugard uh, was held no, captive. Uh, no, you said bone no. was found. Mm-hmm. Uh, you di- I didn't know the state you were talking mm-hmm. about. I didn't know it could have been another country. Mm-hmm. As soon as you said a bone has been found, that it all, I just saw the rest of the story. Like, just looking down the road and I could see it all unfolding. So, this is just beginning. One bone found, more to go. But I mean, have they, I mean is there anything else? No, nope, I mean, just d- a bone found. Just laying around? Was it buried? I guess they're digging back there. Uh so oh, creepy. you knew this was coming. I re- I really did. I did, too. As soon as you said that, I didn't even know. Well, how about something a little bit cheerful, like 999 Weddings? Well, before we do that, could I... Yes? Should Is it too morbid to make a prediction about the bone? No. Predict the bone. You know what it is. Make a, I, make a bone prediction. Well, wait a minute. Or do I? Do What do you think it is? Well, I think you know. I don't want to say it. Am I going to have to say it? Yes. Okay, so if, if this is a bone that they found in the backyard where the guy had the girl in the tent city for 18 years, right? This yes. is J.C. Lee, whatever it is. Um, well, my prediction, of course, is that it's a... Is it, it's a uh, you know it's going to be You know it's going to be some kid he had with her that didn't make it, yeah. and then they stuck in the backyard. Just you like know the, that's the thing. Just like the basement girl. That's that's totally going to be what it is. That's I mean, what happens because if they're malnourished and like being like abused and not taken care of. Well, like, yeah. I mean, if you're spending 18 years being beaten and living in a tent in the backyard, I mean, you're, you're, you're probably, uh, your offspring are not going to be the best of health. I mean, I hate to be morbid, but you know that's what it's going to be. It's going to be some kid uh, that was born. You'll end that, up with uh, teeth like that guy in Florida. Didn't, yes, didn't make it through. And yeah, just ended up interred in the backyard. Backyard there. By the way, I am uh, I am posting that mugshot uh, right now. I'm just going to call this Florida, oh Florida, which is uh, similar to but dissimilar uh, from in some ways. Oh Captain, my Captain, Florida, oh Florida. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, couples are hoping that nine is their lucky number as they plan to wed. A 99-cent store in Hollywood will treat nine couples to 99-cent weddings on this quirky wedding day. The couples won a promotion and paid only 99 cents to get hitched. The price includes wedding gowns for the brides made out of T-shirts, tablecloths, and other items sold at 99-cent stores. (laughs) I love America. Yes, they'll be whisked up in a limousine with $99.99 in cash to an undisclosed (laughs) romantic Los Angeles spot. Tim, you've spent some time in Los Angeles. Exactly what romantic spot could you visit for For $99? (laughs) And 99 cents. I don't know. There's some... uh, Tough places in the Wilcox area of Hollywood. <laughs> Honey, give me the magic fingers going. Uh, you know, place where the uh, the numbers on on the phones have been melted with cigarettes, <laughs> and you can't call out. Where there's a lock over the phone. Yes, uh, that's fantastic. All right. 
Here in Las Vegas, they're preparing for the busiest day of the year. Nine couples are scheduled to marry at Madame Tussaud's Wax Museum on the Strip at 9.09 this morning. Well, nine more are waiting until 9.09 p.m. for a shared ceremony on the observation deck of the stratosphere. Each paid $99 for the wedding package. I'm already tired of these stories, and it's only... This is only the first one. Not even 6 a.m. yet. It's only the first one. I've already grown weary of this. Well, that's it for now. All right. We'll have more later. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So anyway, uh, it, it seems that uh, Sheriff Bob Skipper will have to retire, not on 9-9, but 11-5. The Multnomah County Sheriff uh, returned as sheriff last year after a 13-year hiatus. However, he had to complete a police certification and failed and failed and failed again. He asked for an extension so he could complete a 16-week training course before the November deadline, but no, no, no. You've had enough time. <laughs> So he's lost his fight, and he's losing his job. He'll retire uh, to spend more time with his family. He is named Lieutenant Dan Staten, a sheriff's a veteran of more than 20 years to serve as interim sheriff until a May election. Awesome. Uh, you didn't make Lieutenant Dan joke? No, no, I wasn't going to do the, you know, Lieutenant, you got my job! There was no joke to have there, because it, it requires a whole you ain't got no, you know, but there was nowhere to go. You know, there was I couldn't make the joke work linguistically, so I just skipped it. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will join us. We'll talk about the Apple announcement, whatever that might be, that's coming up uh, today in Cupertino. Uh, we've got a pair of tickets for you to see Def Leppard and Poison on the way. And at some point today, copy the Beatles Rock Band. Also, Jerry Ryan from Star Trek Voyager and Leverage. And we'll talk about the Video Music Awards. Stay there. We're live from Portland. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. Coming up here in just a uh, few moments, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum about uh, Apple Computer and uh, their big announcement, which is coming up today. So we think it's either... It's probably the Beatles catalog coming uh, to iTunes. It's quite possibly a Beatles-branded iPod of some kind, or it's just a different iPod altogether. I mean, do we have any sort of uh, any sort of clue? We have no clue. I mean, this is—is is that the—is that the—is that the extent of our knowledge? Is that we know yes. nothing? Mm-hmm. I don't so, think anyone does. It's a lot of speculation. Well, that's their whole thing. I mean, the thing about uh, about Apple is that they—they are so much better than most other technological, uh, you know, tech-based companies at creating anticipation for stuff. Because Steve Jobs and he himself has made you know he's made himself part of the enigma because there's always that is he or is he not going to speak in business over the last couple of years, especially because he had um, you know he had that whole bout with uh, the pancreatic cancer or whatever it was, which will yeah, I mean that's a thing that'll normally just uh, you know that'll that'll kill you dead almost instantly, but he kind of you know he he fought it back and then he was gone for the public eye for a while and then he reappeared and. So Steve Jobs has this thing that he often does at the uh, the MacWorld uh, Expo. Where he'll be on stage and he'll kind of, you know, they'll go through the day's events and he'll be announcing stuff and he'll be talking about things. And then he's got this trademark thing that he does where before he turns and and walks off the stage entirely, he'll kind of double back and he'll say, ooh, one more thing. And that's kind of the phrase that everybody latches onto with Steve Jobs when he goes, oh, one more thing. And then the one more thing is always the huge announcement like of the day. Something. Totally, yeah. yeah. So he'll... You know, he'll come out and he'll announce, you know, all of the other stuff that people were kind of expecting and, you know, talk about the state of the company and new products that they're rolling out. And then he'll stop and he'll do the, oh, one more thing. And that's when he kind of, you know, pulls the, you know, the cloak off whatever the magical device on the, uh, on the stage is. So 
Uh, we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum about that. Coming up at 620, Jerry Ryan from Star Trek uh, Voyager and Leverage will be on the uh, show. 7 uh, o'clock, we'll bring Ryan White from the Oregonian. And at 830, we'll talk to Anthony Zucker, who is the creator of CSI. Plus your chance at winning a copy of the Beatles, Rock Band today, and a pair of tickets to see Def Leppard and uh, Poison. Tim Radley's working on the following stories on your Wednesday morning. President Obama tells the kids they probably won't be rappers or reality show stars. He also tells them to wash their hands and stay home if they're sick. And Megan Fox vows never to do a sex tape. Really? Yes, really. Doesn't this mean that there probably is a sex tape already in existence? God, she's so boring. She, and, and unlikable, too. And I don't know why. I mean, there's no... Like, she she's a fine given, actress. She, she hasn't oh. done anything to me personally. I mean, not as such... I mean, I guess she—I guess she sort of violated my pocketbook and my eyes with the first Transformers film. But I was—but uh, I was able to avoid that the second time around. It's not like she came to my house and passed out on my couch or, or something after you know after you know, drinking all of her booze. She's just—she uh, has a—she um, has a distinctly. You know what Megan Fox is? Here's here's what it is. Megan Fox, for whatever reason, has that same bearing that you see on a lot of models who always look as though they've just smelled something foul. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's that thing where you see the model on the cat lo- uh, catwalk and they always smell as though uh, someone didn't uh, clean the bathroom adequately. Th- that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the countenance that she seems to have quite a lot of the time. Incidentally, if you go to rickemerson.com, you can see a photograph of uh, Dale Allen Lee from Florida. He of the worst mugshot in the history of the world. Greg, did you see the worst mugshot ever? You should go to uh, rickemerson.com right now and check it out. Maybe in real time. Let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio Correspondent and Man About Town, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, Steve. Hello, how are you? I'm fine. Are you uh, near a computer? Uh, yes, I am. You should go to rickemerson.com right now. Okay, hold on. Let me go. Hey, Greg, what, what do you think of that mugshot? Rick Emerson. Uh, now I see what you're talking about com. with those teeth. Yeah. Okay, so I want you to check out this. Wow. M- yeah. That's not real, is it? <laughs> Wow! <laughs> oh, man! See, it kind of leaps out of the screen at you. It makes a real impact, doesn't it? Human evolution is just mind-boggling. It's a myth, I think, is what it is. I think human evolution is a myth and probably incomplete. So, uh, from everything I've been able to tell, this is a real mugshot. You all can uh, see this at rickemerson.com. It is safe for work, but not for your eyes. It will. There's a warning that you cannot unsee this. His name is uh, Dale Allen Lee. He was arrested in Pasco County, Florida, on charges of aggravated battery. And from everything I can tell, it's an absolutely real mugshot. And I mean, wow. this is not the face that you want to see assaulting you. You don't want to be battered by the man who has these alleged teeth. I mean, I don't even know where the teeth are mounted in his face. I mean, they're clearly held there by something, but I don't know whether it's just by sort of willpower or, you know, good wishes or something. It's, it's all very confusing. Yeah, that nose has been broken a few times as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I think so. Um, let's talk a bit about our friends at uh, at Apple Computer. What time is this announcement happening today? Uh, supposed to happen uh, 1 o'clock my time, a little bit after 1 o'clock, actually. So something like, you know, between 10 and 10.30 your time, around 10.30. And uh, so, there is so much speculation as to what's going to be announced. And Apple true to form, has been staying very tight-lipped about what uh, they're going to be unveiling. But uh, the odds-on favorite is a revamped iTunes platform, as well as a new array of iPods. Now, there was all this speculation about uh, Apple maybe uh, unveiling their new tablet, 
But the word is that's probably not going to happen until next year. And then there's all, and more speculation that finally you'll be able to buy Beatles songs on iTunes uh, because, you know, for the longest time, Apple and the Beatles uh, establishment, uh, you know, Apple for the Beatles, really haven't gotten along too well. So uh, the, the Beatles catalog not available on iTunes. Uh, it's, uh, some folks say it's not going to happen today. Others say it will. You never know. Well, it seems like the 999 thing. Right. I mean, Apple, I'll, I'll put it this way. Apple and certainly Paul McCartney uh, have never been known to miss a marketing opportunity when it presents itself. It's true. And really, if there was ever going to be a day uh, to unveil the Beatles catalog, I mean, this would be, you know, this this date would be it. People also forget that there's a long history of lawsuits and sort of acrimonious disputes between Apple Core, which is the the company that runs all the, the Beatles publishing, and Apple Computer. Uh, right. because Apple Because the Beatles, of course, own the Apple trademark and when Apple Computer first came out, that they had there was a there's a huge legal dust up between those two camps. And when Apple computers started putting sound cards in, when you uh, because you know early on you weren't able to you know your computer didn't make any noise, it just you know, sort of sat there and just uh, you know blinked in the corner. As soon as Apple computers started having sound chips and sound cards and speakers, then they had to sign a whole different licensing agreement with the Beatles uh, because it was something called Apple that makes noise, and that was the name of the Beatles, you know, publishing company. And so anyway, the, the point that they've been fighting back and forth about this for years. But you got to figure that there's enough money on the table that uh, that will heal all uh, that will heal all wounds and uh, bring together all rifts. Well, you know, I was talking to uh, the editor in chief of PC Magazine. His name is Lance Ulanoff, and I asked him about the Beatles catalog, and he said he didn't think that that was going to happen right now. He, uh, I'm not sure why he felt that way, but he didn't think that was going to be part of the announcement. The other thing he said is that you know, year after year, it becomes increasingly difficult for Apple to one-up itself. Part of the problem is that Steve Jobs was famous for, um, and one more thing, literally pulling the third thing out of his pocket and showing people, I have this extra thing, which could be the biggest announcement or the most exciting thing. But that's not going to happen now, uh, unless Steve Jobs may, uh, reappears on the stage, you know? And so is there, uh, that actually was my, my other question, is do, is Steve Jobs going to be there today because he's had all you know, these weird health issues and there was a lot of speculation that he wasn't going to be there this year, but you never really know with that guy because he's just such a P.T. Barnum uh, of the computer industry. Yeah, you just don't know. I mean, Apple has said he's not doing this sort of thing in any anymore, but then he could come on stage and then... Just appearing on stage is sure to drive Apple stock up. So you never know. I mean, they're the, they're the masters of these big reveals, you know? And by the way, it should be noted that this, this is how effective Apple Computer is, that we're sitting here talking about, I mean, as though it were the second coming of Christ. We're sitting here talking about an announcement where Apple is basically just going to unveil stuff that they can sell to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here working myself into a frenzy. And, and, and the reality is, whatever they revealed today, I'm probably not going to buy anyway. But I'm sitting here just gibbering myself into a froth about it because I'm because I'm an idiot. So, And it must be weird to be Steve Jobs and to realize that by walking on stage, you can raise the price of your company's stock. But then by not being on stage, your company's stock will probably take a hit. I mean, it's got to make you feel good about yourself. But it's also got to be – it's got to make you feel a little bit precarious about the state of your company. It's pretty It's pretty unusual. I mean, it's, it's crazy that it's gotten to this point. But uh, Apple really damned themselves by, you know, initially having these big reveals in the first place. Right, right. Now, every single year, they've got to do something to, to beat last year. Right, exactly. You know, have you read uh, Predictably Irrational? I have not. Uh, you got to read that book because it talks about how, you know, once you anchor 
uh, something, uh, you know, give us an anchor, uh, you know, whether it's a price or a product to anchor us with. You know, everything becomes based on that first initial anchor, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that we're uh, attached to. It all is attached to the baseline. Exactly. All yeah. right. Uh, on that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. We will talk to you in the very near future. Take care. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, coming up next, Jerry Ryan from Star Trek Voyager and Leverage. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Ryan White for the Oregonian. More news from Tim Riley. We'll talk about the Video Music Awards and Anthony Zucker, creator of CSI on the way, plus a chance at the Beatles rock band. Stay there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Wednesday, September 9th, 503-228-4101 is the number. You can also text if you like at 520-51. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Oregonian music editor Ryan White will be here, and uh, he'll be bringing a Beatles-themed top five with him. Uh, we'll talk about the video, uh, video Music Awards coming up later on today, and CSI creator uh, Anthony Zucker will be joining us. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Wednesday morning. All right. Well, apparently there's a real catfight going on in Camas, the Camas catfight, and it involves the chief of police from an adjoining city. Portland police investigating suspicious death in North Portland, and there were complaints about Sam Adams. Awesome. Uh, not, I'm not saying it's awesome. There are more complaints. Whatever. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. You know her, of course, from uh, such series as uh, Boston Legal, Law and Order, SVU, Shark, The OC, and she's going to be uh, seen tonight in the season finale of Leverage. That is 9 p.m. on TNT. The one and only Jerry Ryan joining us now on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Ms. Ryan. How are you on this uh, fine Wednesday? I'm really well. How are you, Rick? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, joining us. I Right out of the gate, I have to ask you, you're, you're playing a con woman or a, a scam artist of some kind on Leverage, which films here in portland and th- presuming that you are not in real life actually a uh, a grifter of some kind how do you how do you prepare for for some kind of a role that probably you can have no life experience with is that a thing i mean do you just think about some skeezy individual that you knew at some point and you just base it on her skeezy that's a good word um well that's kind of that's part of the fun of acting is most of what you're doing is stuff that you have no life experience with um so it's always an adventure, but, you know, they've got technical advisors on the show who, um, one in particular who, I guess, has, has intimate knowledge of all of this stuff in the crime world. Um, so they're very well-versed in all of it, and... Uh let us know how it really works. As far as the filming in Portland uh, went, is it, it's strange because the show is set in Boston, but they do you know, right. they, they film it here and they uh, you know and they do their best to sort of make this uh, look like Boston. And when you go to a city like that, what is the experience of filming outside of of Los Angeles? Is the vibe different? Is the tone a lot different when you're uh, filming in a place that is that is removed from from the world of Hollywood? You know, it's, it's a lot different. Yeah, it's much more relaxed, and um, the people are so much more friendly here and, and thrilled to have you. I mean, in Los Angeles, <laughs> you know, you're shooting in a neighborhood, and the neighbors will go out and bang their garbage cans in the driveways until the production pays them off, things you, like that. You can say, Jay, it's, it's just a place filled with a... Here. People are very cool, and it's, it's you know, the energy is very relaxed, and it's... It's just fun. It's kind of like being away on vacation with your friends and hang, or sitting in the college dorm because everybody's on location together. So we're all 
you know, you're, you're, you spend more time together than you would if everyone just went home at the end of the night. It's like uh, families. It's like being at summer camp with uh, more coffee and more Birkenstocks. That is an excellent way of putting it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> This is um, this is actually what my uh, my friend Aaron called a uh, a quote a tricky question. But in the, with a handful of other folks, you've kind of avoided uh, uh, you know what people sometimes call the Star Trek curse. You know, is the business of being typecast. And even after playing Seven of Nine on, on Star Trek Voyager, you avoided it being sort of put into that mold of oh she does the sci-fi stuff. Did you deliberately choose roles that were going to keep you uh, out of that sort of career rut? Did you deliberately pick things that were far away from that? I did for a while, yeah, I did, because I, that was a big fear of mine when I signed on to Star Trek, because it is notorious for sort of pigeonholing its actors. Um, but I was, I've been really, really lucky, you know, as soon as I finished Star Trek, I, you know, David Kelly offered me a role on Boston Public, so, I, I mean, I've been incredibly, incredibly lucky, so I haven't had that problem, thank <laughs> We're talking to uh, Jerry Ryan. You can see her tonight in the season finale of Leverage, uh, 9 o'clock on TNT. It's funny you mentioned David E. Kelly. I He's sort of one of those Aaron Sorkin-type guys in that he just appears to be this television program machine. It, if, I, yeah. if I did not know people that had actually met David Kelly in real life, I would think that he was actually just some sort of, <laughs> some sort of a microchip-filled processing unit that just sat in an office, plugged into a wall, and just spat out television scripts, like one every and ten he, minutes. You know, the most amazing thing about him is he writes it all in longhand on a legal pad. Is that true, really? Yeah, he actually, that's the way he writes. He doesn't write on a computer. Wow, that is just... He's, he is pretty amazing. It's yeah. just astounding. David uh, David E. Kelly, and, uh, you, and uh, you worked with him on both Boston Legal and Boston Public, he seems like a guy that just vibrates with excitement, where you just get into the room with him and hit the energy level there is probably so, is almost palpable. You know, it's not. He's the complete opposite of that, actually. He's really, really laid back, very shy. Um, I used to actually love torturing him when he would come to the set, because he would come to the set as infrequently as possible, just because he didn't want people staring at him, and it just made him uncomfortable. So when he would come onto the set and try and sort of lurk around the sidewalls, I loved just grabbing him and torturing him and bringing him in while I was getting my makeup touched up and making him hang out with everybody in the crew. So you, to, you know. you're going to be in the season a finale of Leverage tonight, and then obviously a recurring role throughout the third season, and you've done you know, a whole bunch of stuff. You know, you've worked with all kinds of people. At this point, and the audience, I think, would rush the studio and uh, string me up if I didn't ask you this. Would you at any point consider returning, uh, you know, either as a one-off uh, or as some sort of an ongoing uh, role to something in the sci-fi genre, be it Star Trek, be it whatever? Or is that a thing you've done and you figure you're ready to kind of move on for the rest of your career? No, I'd absolutely be interested if it was something good. You know, if it's a good character and it's a good script, and um, then, yeah, absolutely. All right. Enough time has passed that I have to panic so, so now that so now that I've asked uh, the Star Trek question, uh, I have to actually have my producer on because she's sort of jumping out of her skin to ask you about what, Sarah. <laughs> um, I'm a huge Lifetime movie aficionado. I love it, and I loved you in Coed Call Girl. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> How was it working with Tori Spelling? You know, that is not something that I hear every day. <laughs> <laughs> did you have Did you have a blast on the set? <laughs> Yeah, it was a fun show. That is the most ridiculously fabulous movie. I have this. When is the last time anybody mentioned co-ed call girl to you? I mean, was it even this year? Right around the time when I shot it. Excellent. Well, you know, see, at the Rick Emerson show, we try to uh, break new ground. That was that was impressive. We try to give the questions that you're not going to get everywhere else. We uh, (laughs) we stand apart, Jerry Ryan. 
All right. You you do. Well, we appreciate you so much spending some time with us. You can see Jerry Ryan tonight in the season finale of Leverage, 9 o'clock tonight on TNT, and then a recurring role in the third season. Leverage, of course, shot right here in our own uh, glorious town of Portland, Oregon. Jerry Ryan, best of continued success in all things. We Thank hope to talk to you so again. Much. All right. Thank you. There you go. Jerry Ryan uh, from Leverage, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. I feel so nerdy. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't. She was not expecting that. Uh, that is not something. And it's she not was a lie. I loved her in it. No, and uh, you know, and I didn't ask a bunch of. Uh, so tell me about your uh, Borg costume, because I just there was just. I got two Star Trek questions out, and I figured that was probably as many as I could do without feeling bad about myself as a human being. Okay, now we're gonna have to get her in the studio. We totally need to get her in the studio. She sounds she sounds adorable. There's just no way. There's oh, yeah. no way around that. Uh, so anyway, awesome. There you go, Jerry Ryan. It's 503-228-4101. I can't believe I got, just got to ask somebody from one of my favorite Lifetime movies ever. We should make that a goal, by the way. You should get a big list. You should create some sort of a master list, like a Word document somewhere, of Lifetime movies whose actors you've been able to speak to. Oh, okay. The, yeah, there's... I have mean, just, everyone's been in Lifetime movies. Have we done anybody else that's been in a Lifetime movie? Oh, yeah. We must have. Yeah, I'll, I'll make a mental list uh, during the break. Fantastic. At this uh, juncture, if you're caller number 10 at uh, 503-228-4101, you're going to uh, win a pair of tickets to KUFO's exclusive premiere of Whiteout starring Kate Beckinsale. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Caller 10 wins a pair of tickets to Whiteout starring Kate Beckinsale. When we come back, we'll tell you how you can win a copy of the Beatles Rock Band game at some point before the show is over. Stay listening. We return next with more from Tim Riley and the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Where I come from, it is normal to be gay. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. That's the uh, the rather cosmopolitan fellow from Europe. Sure. Uh, on. Uh... Shut up! What are you saying? Uh, it's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Wednesday, September 9th, 2009. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Ryan White from the Oregonian will be here. We'll talk about the Beatles Remaster Catalog, which uh, is out this week. Also, the Beatles Rock Band game that we will be giving away at some point uh, today. At some point before the end of the show, between now and 9 o'clock, you're going to be asked to identify this Beatles song. That is sometime between now and 9 o'clock. So uh, when we prompt you to do so, if you can be caller 10 at 503-228-4101. Not now. Put down the phone. For the love of God. All right. Later on today, you will be asked to be caller 10, and you can identify that song. You win yourself a copy of the Beatles uh, rock band game. Also, a pair of tickets to Slipknot and the Deftones and tickets to Def Leppard and Poison as well. Uh, we'll talk about the Video Music Awards at 740 and at 830 today. Uh, CSI creator Anthony Zucker. Ha! <sighs> It's like a Richard Scary Town full of show. Uh, at the uh, news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 644 now. Expect showers today, highs in the 70s. A group of Oregon doctors will rally at Pioneer Courthouse Square today, calling for a single-payer health care system. This will be the government-run one. They call themselves mad-as-hell doctors. Portland Police Bureau investigating a suspicious death. A dead body found at a house in the 6900 block of North Fessenden. 
Vandals have hit the Holy Family Catholic Church, Southeast 29th in Flavel. Seven, uh, several windows have been cracked or destroyed at the church's school, including some antique stained glass. Wait, hold on a second. I, this, these observations are coming to be faster than we can. This is too much news, Tim. I know it. It's like drinking from a, uh, it's like drinking from that UHF fire hose. One second, doctors. What is a UHF fire hose? Oh, it's a, have you seen the movie UHF with Weird Al Yankovic? Not in like 30 years. It's fantastic. It's got Michael Richards before he became a screaming racist. Oh. Uh, he was a Stanley Spadowski, the janitor. And anyway, he hosts a television uh, show for kids, like a, like a kid's kind of uh, uh, like a rambling rod sort of romper room show. Mm-hmm. And there's this great sequence where he says, you answer the question correctly. Now you get to drink for the fire hose. And a kid just opens his mouth. And from a distance of about six inches away, they just unload a fire hose right into his face. And it's one of those sight gags that you're, you're sort of embarrassed that you laugh at it. But at the same time, it's fantastic. All right. So you had mad as hell doctors. What was your thing right after that? What was the story immediately following Mad as Hell Doctors? Uh, suspicious death. Suspicious death on Flavel? Uh, no, North Fessingdon. Fessingdon, all right. And then you had something about Flavel after that. Yes, that was the uh, Catholic Church windows all right. broken. So, so I, I'll just get to these observations just as they can be. First of all, this business of calling it a single-payer health care system, that's a little bit of newspeak, because it really yes. just means gover- just say government health care. This is one of the problems that Democrats have, is that they're just, such, they're just such spineless bastards about everything. They just cannot bring themselves... And it comes out to too many syllables, which is too much for the average American brain. <laughs> it's more than three syllables. Nobody can figure it out. Your typical American gum-chewer has no idea what single-payer health care system means. That's like that, that thing they keep talking about where they're gonna, you're going to be able to have your own private voucher system for health care. No one knows what a voucher system I'm a fairly bright guy, and I don't know what a voucher system is for anything. That's the same thing they're always talking about with uh, with the public school versus private school. You'll be able to have a voucher system set aside so that you may send your child. What does that mean? No one knows. Oh, that means that the tax, you're, if, well, you don't have to worry about it. It comes out of your property taxes. A good check of your property taxes go to other people's children. And to send them to school. Yay. So therefore, if you don't have any children, you still pay into this. Somebody at this table does that. He he says with an arched eyebrow. All right. Now, if you send your children to (laughs) private school, that means you are not using the public school system. Therefore, they would give you a piece of paper saying, my child does not need public schools. Please give me the money back so I may send them to a private school. Well, it's been going on for like 40 years, and nobody ever comes up with anything to solve it. See, and I'm not, trying to, be, that. I'm not trying to be deliberately obtuse, as Andy Dufresne would say, but I I if followed there, you if, until like two-thirds of the way through, and then you lost me right, again. If there are taxes that you don't pay, then you don't care. It's what the average American thinks. I don't, uh, yes, I do not pay property taxes. Therefore, you wouldn't care about this. So I'm not, the only kids I have to pay for now are the ones in prison. I mean, I have to pay to take kids who are in jail. Well, those are the best kind. Yeah, that's about it. So there's that single-payer thing. Also, did you say that coalition of doctors that was Pioneer Courthouse Square? Yes. Is that today or was it yesterday? And they're called the mad as hell doctors? That is correct, yes. I don't really think that I want to be operated on or have any sort of treatment given to me by a, quote, mad as hell doctor. You know, I've got this pain all up and down my life. Get on the table! You know, just, just okay, I just, I, just, all right, fine. I, uh, and finally, is it just me or does that Flavel, Flavel, I know we always have this conversation, but we've all, li- we've lived here for a total of like 50 years on this show. Is it Flay or Flavel? I thought it was Flavel. I don't know. I've heard it both ways. Just within the last couple of weeks, I've heard it come up in conversation. So you think it's a short A, it's a Flavel. 
I think so. That's your take on it. Usually, I I don't go to that side of town anyway. That's past the falling pedestrian bridge, isn't it? (laughs) I see that every time. That's what I think. Especially since it goes over the hallway. You're always looking for falling pedestrians. I've never seen one. I have sort of a three-stage thing I do every time I go uh, underneath that bridge. I see the falling pedestrian bridge, and then I chuckle to myself because I realize it's the failing pedestrian bridge, which is funny itself anyway. You know, I mean, that's failing pedestrian bridge is sort of like where you go to throw yourself into traffic if you can't make anything of your life. Huge gates on it too. Have you noticed that? And do, did like you? It's th- completely all encompassed by like a gate thing. When you first saw the failing pedestrian I think bridge, it says falling pedestrian every time. But when you figured out that it said failing, did you initially think that that meant the bridge was closed because it was coming apart? That's what I thought. I thought no, it meant. I figured it was attached to failing. And I've, no, I thought it was people <laughs> jumping off the bridge like they, they do for the Golden Gate. I have failed. Now I will take my own life. That one isn't very high though. Well, you'd have to jump three or four times, probably. Or just make sure you timed it so there was a truck coming by. Oh. At first, people I th- usually do that on I-84, though. Is that true? Is that the preferred jump-off point? Yeah, usually people jump off, uh, like, around 20-something. Like, right when it rounds that bend as you get, uh, like, near Lloyd Center right. and approach I-5. Like, there's a bridge right there that isn't properly fenced, and that's where people usually jump Wait, off. Wait, where, but where does it, it's, what is it over? It's not over the river. No, it's over the, it's over the I-84. So people will jump into traffic. I guess I, I'm people picturing jumping that, into traffic in I-84. By the convention center, sort of? Kind is that of, what you're but more, about? yeah, but uh, further east. Hey, Greg, let me ask you this. Just, I mean, you know, for the purposes of theoretical discussion, if you were going to jump off something in Portland to end your life, what would it be? Oh, boy. I, what, it'd have to be really high. I don't think I'd jump into traffic. There's not a, that, those I-84 bridges don't seem high enough to me. Well, Sarah's saying that there's one. That though, seems like a main. That's a pretty jump. steep. It's, it's yeah, more of a crippling jump. That, that's way worse. <laughs> Tim, you're saying big pink. Yeah. See, for me, it's that. What is that building downtown? Is it the Wells Fargo building that it starts real yeah. narrow, but it widens out of the uh, base? That 1970s skyscraper. Yeah. See, because that seems like that. It seems like you're going to hit the base of the skyscraper on the way down, and then also hit the ground. It seems like you're going to get two or three hits on the way down. Oh, but then you're going to well, end up like that guy who jumped off the Empire State Building, who left like a leg on one floor, like well, an arm on well, the Well, you other. figure though, if you're going to jump off a building like that, you're, you you want to make a show of it. So at least you know that way you'll be remembered. I mean, really, I mean, you're going to make an impact. So you're to like speak. that dude who jumped off. Uh, the, what was the hotel? The Paramount? The Paramount. Yeah, where he, th- where he threw the chair first and then himself second. Well, I think... Did we figure out he threw the chair? Well, I think because... he was protesting a bad movie playing next door. <laughs> <laughs> they said name of movies would not appear on the bill! I'm sorry. Uh, but I think we figured out that he was using the chair to break the window. Yeah, no, he threw the window... Yeah, because In the, the house windows, that Jack built. The windows didn't open. How do we get off into this conversation? Oh, Flavel, failing pedestrian bridge. So I you always the original question. I always think it says falling pedestrian bridge, but then the first time it said failing pedestrian bridge, I thought that meant it was a bridge that was in disrepair, and that's why the fence was there that they had fenced it off so no one could use it to cross. Well, they don't the so much repair it; they spend the money to make the sign to say that you shouldn't be walking on it. That, that's the Selwood Bridge approach, right? We could fix this. No, no, no. Just put up a sign. But, but then there's another it. bad sign. When I get back on the highway to go home, there are two signs. One that's misspelled that says, no trespassing. And then there's one underneath it that says, no trespassing. They didn't take down the original misspelled sign. They just made another one and posted it underneath it. Well, the original of- sign says, no trespassing. <laughs> That's part of the uh, uh, trespassing. The, the American Employment Recovery uh, Act. Tim, but is, the two signs are still there. Just put up duplicates of everything everywhere. Do we all agree, though, that that Flavel seems to be the center of all evil in Portland? That seems to be the street that people seize on. Flavel, uh, Flavel, whatever. It, yeah, it, we should it, just start calling it Flavel. Uh, Greg, Flavel, Flavel, like Flavel, Flavel Rock. 
Well, Flavel is proper, but if we want to really annoy some people, yeah. Let's just Flavel. Let's, from from now on, let's just all call it Flavel. Flavel. <laughs> Doesn't Flavel sound like an interesting kind of uh, like an ice cream with sort of a ribbon of caramel put through it? Flavel. Um, but that seems to be the street where all of the evil is focused. I hear a lot of people seize on that as the uh, that is the it is sort of a concentric layers of ick that happens. And I can say that by the way because it's near my own home. Flavel is. Let's do one more and then we'll uh, break. The former U.S. ambassador to Paraguay has been charged with misdemeanor sex abuse. 75-year-old Timothy Towell, a married man with several children, is accused of sexually abusing an 18-year-old man who stayed over at his Washington, D.C. home on August 9th. The accuser says Mr. Towell insisted he sleep in his bedroom. At you one all want to be sexually abused? Then he woke up to find Towell leaning over him naked. The accuser said Mr. Towell told him not to tell anyone what happened. Towel denies the accusations. I've got a puppy at home. You can come see it if you like. Towley. Oh, I can't make a pop culture reference now. He's fine. Crucify me. Whatever. All right. Straight ahead, we'll talk to uh, Oregonian music editor Ryan White. He's also got a top five with him. Uh, we'll talk to Sway from MTV News at 740 about the Video Music Awards. And at 830, Anthony Zucker, creator of CSI. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show returns next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Don't forget to bring a towel. What? When you get out of the water, you need to dry off right away to avoid catching a cold. That's why Tally says, don't forget to bring a towel. Okay. Thanks, Tally. You want to get high? No. Don't forget to bring a towel. Ah, no. When you're playing sports, the sweat can get in your face. That's why Tally says, always keep an extra towel in your duffel bag. Okay, we will. All right. You want to get high? No, we don't want to get high. Okay. You sure? Yes, go away, stupid towel. Genius. It's the Rick Everson Show right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Wednesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. And no, you're not imagining it. Uh, yes, we did speak with uh, Jerry Ryan of Star Trek Voyager fame and Leverage fame. Last hour, somebody asking if that'll be uh, posted online. It will indeed. It's part of the Rick Emerson podcast. You can find that anytime, day or night, at KUFO.com. You forgot co-ed call girl fame. I'm sorry, and of co-ed call girl fame. She was really, I think... Shocked and impressed, and maybe a little sad for you uh, that you remembered that. Probably in that order, but I think overall, I, I think she it was. It still uh, plays constantly. Anyone who's watched Lifetime ever has seen Coet Call. Well, because those movies don't ever date. No, they they just recycle them over and over again. Yeah, and I mean, and, and the plots and it's are still sort of applicable today. You know, today, like maybe you're going to be in college and you know look like Tori Spelling and want to make some extra cash. All I'm going to say about it, this is one sentence here, because otherwise it's a thing that will completely sidetrack us, uh, and we'll get into a whole Mayflower Madam discussion. I'm just going to say this. Many years ago, uh, I had a close friend of mine who was going to college, and she very, very nearly started an escort service in the dorm uh, where she lived. And she wasn't, she was just a student. Um, But she uh, had seen something on the news about a woman who was running like a call girl service out of like her, you know, her suburban home in Punxsutawney or whatever. And she was thinking that she was going to run one, and she was going to have other girls 
at the college work for her, and they were just going to service like dudes who you know who went to school there. Uh, and I think I, probably if she had not come from such an upstanding family, a family would have just been complete. And I think who would have cut her out of the will instantly had anything like that come to light. I think she probably would have done it. So co-ed call girls probably more common than you think. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Wednesday morning. President Obama tells kids to be careful of what they post on Facebook if they intend to go into politics. Michael Vick gave Philadelphia school kids a motivational speech about dog fighting. And who wants to have dinner with Sarah Palin? It's going to cost you $25,000. Really? Yes. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Yes, yes, yes. A, I don't want to know. B, I do want to know. But C, both of those things will have to wait uh, till later. Be listening. This hour, you will hear uh, Tim Riley reciting Def Leppard lyrics. At some point this hour, you hear Tim Riley reciting Def Leppard lyrics. Is when that what you, those were? That's what they were, Tim. Do you have any recollection of what you were reading? The, no, I read whatever's put in front of me, regardless of what it is. It's sort of burgundy style. You are a Ron Burgundy. You just sort of spit out whatever syllables Greg are put in front of you. Greg pushes the buttons, and I just speak into that thing with the ball on the end of it. Greg is the... <laughs> Hey, now. Uh, anywho, uh, at some point this hour, you'll hear Tim Riley reciting Def Leppard lyrics. When you hear that and not before, please be caller 10 at 503-228-411. Wow. And you'll win a pair of tickets to see uh, Def Leppard uh, and Poison. That is coming up sometime this hour. And uh, last but certainly not least, before the end of the show, we're going to be giving away a copy of Rock Band The Beatles. So be listening. It's 503-228-4101. 503 503-228- Four one zero one. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show for the Oregonian music editor and general uh, raconteur about town, Ryan White. Hello, sir. Good morning. How are you on this uh, fine Wednesday? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm good, except I'm green with envy because you have that 14-volume Beatles remaster series and apparently have had it for more than a week. You got like 10, 12 days ago, right? Yeah, and I just keep listening to it. And you didn't even know that you were going to get it. You just walked out of the mailbox and it was just like sitting there. No, it's, you know, normally I'll go down there, you know, to check my mail and, you know, there's just a pile of, of those those envelopes with bubble wrap on the inside and they're always, you know, way too thick for the one CD that's not even in a real jewel case or anything. It's just kind of slid in there with, with the PR release. And there was this box sitting in the mailbox, marked four pounds. I was like, well, I don't get four-pound CDs. And I was on my way out, so I threw it in my backpack and hopped the bus, and Just I got home. Just sat there for a while unopened. And I opened it up, and I was like, wow. That's like everything the Beatles ever recorded. And it's... Remastered. So it's like, because they did 11 albums, 12 albums, something like that, and then it's the Past Masters, I think, which is sort of like yep. a compilation thing. And this is where they've taken basically every individual track and they've isolated it, and they've cleaned it up, and they've they've polished it, basically, for lack of a better word. I think a lot of, when you say remastered, there's remix, and there's remastered, and there's re-release, and they all kind of mean different things, but, it's, but it basically means that all the, the music is just sort of brighter and louder. This is buffed and polished and detailed and possibly even repainted with, what, with sparkles and glitter. What do you think about the, uh, the assertion that the Beatles sort of, that, that they are one of the handful of bands that will probably be passed down from every generation to the next to the next. That there's, there's never going to be a cutoff point. It's not like, it's, put it this way, it's not like kids today are sitting around uh, trying to dig up their dad's Herman's Hermits records, uh, you know, to really, you know, like they're going to go experience the, uh, they're going to experience the joy of the four freshmen or something. But the, the Beatles, I think that music does have, the way it was recorded and the advances in technology that they themselves came up with seems like that is probably something that's just, that is is not going to date the way that almost everything else in that period does. Yeah, there's something very universal about the sound. And, and when I was writing a story that was in Sundays, 
paper, you know, I talked to a bunch of local musicians. I talked to Nick Jana, who does, you know, kind of folk and indie rock in town. He's in his 20s, loves the Beatles, could talk forever about the Beatles. I talked to uh, this guy named John Regal, who who performs as Boy Eats Drum Machine, just one guy, you know, mostly electronic stuff. He plays some, plays some saxophone, plays all the guitar and stuff when he's in the studio, but performs as this kind of one-man unit, you know, loves the Beatles. He and Jana end up arguing about the Beatles all the time. I talked to Cool Nuts, the, uh, the local rapper. He loves the Beatles. I mean... You nobody, you know, you don't not love the Beatles. What I do love th- that double negative. What do you think about uh, what do you think about rock band and and Guitar Hero being the the mechanism by which a lot of uh, classic rock or rock from an earlier era at least is brought to uh, the youth of today? I know I know guys who and it's and it's always guys and it's always guys over the age of around thirty five, often frustrated musicians themselves who have a real they have a real problem with that. And what do you think about? about that about kids picking up uh you know guitar hero and discovering like a boston record that way as opposed to you know the the, the buying the actual cd i don't think there's anything wrong with it at all i think it's fun i mean i've got a friend who's who's got rock band and you know and it's 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 funny because we we all went over to his house and i was at some point earlier in the summer they were having people over and somebody's like hey let's go play rock band and all the women that were there kind of rolled their eyes and you know within an hour they were all playing too and it, it it's you know it's a, it's a fun thing i i think if you find a song on there you're probably not going to be that you really like you're not going to be content to just listen to it on rock band you're probably going to go find it on iTunes and which is why they make it so easy to download from those but yeah and i i, I you know i have no problem with with any of that at all i think they're fun they're fun games by the way i should note and somebody sent me a youtube video for this and i'm going to uh, i've posted it at rickemerson.com it's the new Guitar Hero, I oh, think. Oh, the Cobain thing. That has the Cobain thing. It's awesome. It's the best thing you've ever seen because if you can play as Kurt Cobain, you know, you can sort of, that can be your avatar, you know, because normally it's just this sort of, the early versions of Guitar Hero is just this disembodied sort of vague kind of, uh, you know, generic character. The new Guitar Hero, you can play as Kurt Cobain, but the best thing is that's not just when you're doing the Nirvana songs. It's when you're doing any of the songs, so you can actually force Kurt Cobain to play a Megadeth song or like a Bon Jovi song. It's so deeply satisfying. Like in the greatest way. The Bon Jovi part of that video is really disturbing because he's got the mic and the mic stand and he's doing all the John Bon Jovi yeah. moves with the mic stand holding it out to the crowd. And yeah. they've got him as, as on that same video that I and I, I saw it too as, uh, as Flavor Flav going, yeah, boy, <laughs> and then crossing his arms with his cardigan on. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like the best. It's the best thing I've ever seen. It made my whole week. The only thing it's really missing is a point where the avatar like you whines about how it doesn't like stardom and then goes off to shoot a music video it's genius straight ahead we will do uh, today's top five uh we have a beatles themed top five straight ahead with ryan white for the oregonian we'll also find out what is coming up in uh, the world of journalism as regards music 7:40 this morning we'll talk to sway from mtv about the video music awards and at 8:30, anthony zucker creator of csi stay there we're live from portland this is the rick emerson show on rock 101 kufo the rick emerson show returns this is rock 101 kufo It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's Wednesday morning coming up at uh, 7.40. Talk to MTV News about the upcoming Video Music Awards. At 8.30, Anthony Zucker, who is uh, the creator, mastermind, maven, and overlord behind CSI. What were we just talking about? Who was it we were talking to yesterday? Was it Don Taylor we were talking to about uh, CSI and sort of the increasing levels of 
which I don't say this judgmentally, by the way, I'm all for violence, but the increasing levels of gore and explicit violence that have taken place on network TV, and I and I think that CSI, uh, and really this Bones is, is the other one. One of their positive contributions to our society is the fact that there's just unbelievable amounts of blood filling your television uh, every night of the week, and I'm all for it. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on your Wednesday morning. A team of purse thieves is at work at Gresham. A man claiming the IRS owed him money was found carrying three knives into the federal building downtown. And an Oregon teenager encounters a rare butterfly. We Really? Yes. All right. And a water skiing squirrel. We're here with uh, Oregonian music editor uh, Ryan White. All right. We have today's top five. What is today's top five, Ryan Today's White? top five are the top five Beatles songs that would work perfectly well as Pixar movie theme songs. So you had your inspiration for this was you were out at uh, you were at the beach or you were doing something with... Uh... I was out at the coast with a bunch of friends and two of them have kids that, uh, that, that came along and the one that we were listening to the Beatles remasters and the one that could walk was dancing all over the place to them and the one that couldn't quite walk was just sitting on its diaper uh bopping in time to the to to the music and we realized that it's the beatles were kind of like the first pixar adults love them and kids love them too excellent these are the top five beatles songs that would work as pixar themes ladies and gentlemen Wonderful counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? Tim Riley, please count down this top five for us. These are the Beatles' top five. Honorable mention goes to I'll Follow the Sun. See, I've gone yeah, see what you're doing right there is what all totally Pixar songs do. My head along. We can thank Randy Newman for that. This fall, an extraordinary journey. A beetle and a grasshopper <laughs> travel across the field in search of adventure. I, and this would totally be the trailer where there was no dialogue and there was no actual action from the film. It would just be like a long, lingering shot of the characters, then it would just say Pixar. And then we would all open up our wallets and just give them all the money we had. And say, I hope there's a really cool short before it. <laughs> Excellent. These are the top five Beatles songs that would work as Pixar films. Tim Riley? Number five, Blackbird. Yeah. This is it's just not one of those songs that Paul, he made some infuriating statement of how he wrote it in nine minutes or something. Oh, just I'm sure. Something maddening. I don't know. I, I had a few minutes before my dental appointment, and I had a guitar, and a blackbird. Ah. I love this in the remaster that you can, and, you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure you can probably hear it a little bit in the uh, the original one. You can just hear the foot tapping. Right there in the left yeah. channel. So these are from the, uh, yeah, the remaster? Yeah, these are from the remasters. God bless you, Ryan White. You're a good person. Singing in the dead of night. We'll like, smuggle you the rest of them over the next, like, eight weeks. Thank you. Where was the foot tapping before they remastered it? I, out in the hallway. Okay. It's like we listen to the remastered version of Rocks by Aerosmith, and at one point during Back in the Saddle, you can hear somebody open a door in the studio and then close it again, which is the sort of thing that only rock nerds care about, and it, it's, 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 like, glorious when you notice it for the first time. You just sit there and go, who was that? Who came in? Was he bringing Coke? I think the answer to that is yes. Always yes. These are the top five Beatles songs that would work as Pixar films. Tim Riley? Number four, When I'm 64. Didn't Paul write this when he was in school, like when he was in elementary school or something? In three minutes. Bastard. 
And this has that Randy Newman Pixar kind of bop to it. It really does. I get older, losing my head. Many Abe Vigoda. Seth Green. Seth Rogen. <laughs> Jill Rogen. It does seem inevitable that Pixar and the Beatles will do something. I mean, that, yeah. I mean having heard these... Having heard these, doesn't it seem now like a foregone conclusion that there will be some Pixar film that is based upon the music of the Beatles, that will be strung together, and the connecting material will be Beatles songs? I mean, I mean, just listening to this now, it's inevitable. It has to happen. Well, wasn't there talk a couple of weeks ago of, the, of them remaking Yellow Submarine? And if that has to be done, wouldn't you rather have Pixar do it than anybody else? And it wasn't Pixar doing it. Um, it it's, it's destined to be some kind of horrible mistake if it happens. But I wouldn't have it done by uh, Hanna-Barbera. Just everybody has bad uh, animation and necks that don't move. These are the top Bring five... Bring back Snaggletooth. These are the top five Beatles songs that would work as Pixar films, in the opinion of uh, Oregonian music editor Ryan White. Tim? Number three, Penny Lane. And this one, I mean, it's just, you know, describes this street so well, and you could just see the, sh- the Pixar shot moving down the street, and there's the guy in the barber shop, and... The... See, I guess I'm almost picturing this as like that... Wallace and Gromit the, the animation or whatever, where it's like the weird, the clay, you know, the wrong trousers, uh, that that whole thing. The back kind of the, uh, back in the days run. of uh, records, that already had already always had the queuing scratches in the first few words. You never really heard the beginning of the song. This is exactly the kind of song that I shouldn't like because it's just so relentlessly cheery. Yeah, and but I mean, you just but you can't dislike it. It's just no. impossible. And that's true for almost everything on these remasters. And I know it's I'm amazing. like the billionth person to make this observation. But, you know, most bands, if they're lucky, uh, you know, they get one great songwriter. Uh, you know, most bands, if they, you know, they really, if, if they're born under the right sign, they get one guy in the band that can really create a good hook, that can really, really knock it out of the park every now and again. And the idea that you get, you know, at minimum two and occasionally three and every now and again four of those guys in one band... I mean, it's just like a billion to one shot. Uh, it, it really is just all of the planets lining up in exactly the right uh, sequence. And these discs have these mini documentaries in them. When, you know, when you get to the White Album where they're talking about they're working on separate studios. There was like a Paul studio and a right. John studio, and everybody was moving between them recording the White Album. Excellent. These are the top five Beatles songs that would work as Pixar films. Tim Riley? Number two, The Octopus's Garden. They have almost a full zoo's worth of uh, animal songs, it turns out. And I like how Ringo just early on, they took a vote and he was the goofy one. I'd like to be There's oh, well, one of the records on, on the back in the artwork, it, you know, at the, after each song on the, uh, on the track listing, it says John, Paul, and John, and occasionally George. And then you get like most of the way through the record and all of a sudden below one of them it says, Ringo sings. <laughs> it's like there's this... Um, there's this book by uh, um, there's this I forget who put it out, but it, the editors of um, the editors of, of Cream Magazine or something a few years ago they pulled all of their archival material about Kiss, and they went to to uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, and they were doing a song by song analysis of every song in the Kiss catalog, the recording of it, their memories of it, how it came to be written, who produced it, and I swear to God, as Gene is describing the songwriting process and who played what and who came up with the initial riff, like eighty percent of the song descriptions and with Ace did nothing. <laughs> like, he literally says that. Ace did nothing. He was at a card game. 
I will say this about the Beatles. Ringo is the most universally loved among kids. Kids love that guy because he's just so... Because because he's just kind of a goof. He looks a little like a stuffed animal. He does. He looks kind of like a Muppet. I mean, really, when you think about it. And he sang a, a great version of one of my favorite Buck Owens songs, which is uh, Act Naturally. Mm. These are the top five Beatles songs which would work as Pixar films. Number one, Tim Riley. Yellow Submarine. I'm going to admit something awful now. This makes me a bad American and a terrible uh, Nick Hornby follower. I have never seen Yellow Submarine. Neither have I. Really? Yeah. You're a music editor. I know. That's way worse for I'm you gonna, than for I'm me. I'm going to have to get this soon. Um, this this was kind of an easy number one since it's already, you know, connected mentally to a cartoon. I really wanted to do something like, you know. Helter why Skelter. Don't, why don't we do it in the road? Or <laughs> Happiness is a Happiness warm gun. Happiness is a warm gun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Excellent. What is coming up in the Oregonian? Uh, tomorrow we've got a, a story about a 26-year-old unsolved murder here in Portland that uh, in the true folk style became the inspiration for a new song on Todd Snyder's record um, as he vaguely remembered his dad hanging out with the guy who was uh, killed. He was quite a bad guy back in the 70s, it turns out. You can read uh, him in the Oregonian online at OregonLive.com. He is Ryan White. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, be listening sometime before the end of the show. You'll get a shot at Rock Band, The Beatles, and Def Leppard slash Poison Tickets. Be listening. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Goddamn dog dedication. Give me my photos. Only on Rock 101. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up uh, in just moments, we'll have more from Tim Riley at the news desk. We have uh, Anthony Zucker coming up at uh, 830. He's the creator of CSI. And at some point before the end of the show, we will have your shot at winning Rock Band, The Beatles, uh, plus Def Leppard and Poison Tickets. When you hear the sound of Tim Riley reciting Def Leppard lyrics, you want to be caller 10 at that point. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You can also text at 52051 if you have thoughts, observations, questions, queries, uh, what have you. Or you can email it as uh, rick at rickemerson.com rick at rickemerson.com uh in just a moment we're going to be joined by uh, sway from mtv news we'll be talking about the vmas tim riley is tracking the following headlines on this wednesday morning the Lenoir county sheriff will retire because he can't pass his sheriff's test washington's governor is preparing for a pandemic are you and a group of oregon doctors will have a rally at pioneer courthouse square calling themselves mad as hell doctors it seems like a poorly chosen title i they need to put somebody else in charge of uh, in charge of the, uh, the the title creation You're right that is quite unnerving and then apple computer is doing the as with all things uh, it happens you know as soon as we go off the air uh, so i think it's happening at 9 o'clock this morning i mean i guess it would make sense that it's not o'clock. is it like 909 it probably be and it's uh, you know it's happening west coast time because it's in the it's in cupertino so anyway that's uh, coming up later on uh, today as well. Oh, by the way, we found out that Robert Zemeckis is the guy who is doing the Yellow Submarine film. And so, as Brian White said as he was leaving, uh, so that will, uh, that'll fail. So you have, you have that to look forward to. It's 503-228-4101. We want to welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. is reporter and executive producer for MTV News. Uh, Sway joining us now on the Rick Emerson Show. Good morning, sir. How are you on this fine Wednesday? Wow. <laughs> I, I have to say, we talked to Jerry Ryan from uh, from Star Trek and Leverage earlier today, and she did not start the call with anything approaching that level of enthusiasm. So uh, you're... <laughs> hey, listen, man, I, I'm a, well, you know I'm from the West Coast. 
You are because you were on uh, you were on KMEL. Uh, now see, turning into radio nerd guy. You were on KMEL some years ago, right? Yeah, I still I'm still on. I still do a syndicated show on KMEL in the Bay Area. So and uh, you know I used to we used to drive up to Oregon all the time. Uh, I used to run track, so I've been to Salem and different parts of Oregon. So whenever I talk to people from the West Coast. I get excited. By the way, you should know just, I mean, so there's no uh, surprise about this later. Should we meet each other socially? I'm going to take your thing of shouting Rick, and I'm going to make that my cell phone ringtone. Uh, that's going to be... I got you, bro. I'll, I will hook you up, man. Whatever you need, I got you. Any, anytime my BlackBerry does anything later on today, it's just going to go, Rick, really loudly. And then I will be the envy of all who surround me, sir. Go go for it, man. Oh. And you know what? You should sell them, too. See if you can get some money off of it, man. You don't even have to kick me back. I'll have my people talk to your people. Okay. Uh, Are you excited about our VMAs? I, I am only because, well, look, can I just can I just be honest? I'm not going to. I mean, Don't lie to me, Rick. No, no, no. I'm just going to be, I, I'm just going to be honest about this because otherwise the the audience would know that I was holding this back. We've been having this whole conversation over the last week or so about this business of Lady Gaga and her, her junk. And I'm I, this just I'm and I hate to be so crude about it, but she was interviewed on this Australian radio show where they kept pressing her about this this video shot of her where it looks as though she has some extra bits of business under there. And I'm sure it's all just a weird camera angle and whatnot, but she seems like the kind who in the best possible way, he's always about five seconds away from some sort of collapse or implosion. And I'm, you know, and I'm wondering if there's anything expected from her, if there's anything bizarre on the horizon uh, from her. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not asking you to speak about her junk personally, understand, but... Um. Well, first of all, how does she react to the question? Uh, she was, well, I'll say this, uh, she didn't deny it, uh, but she was very... She seems like the best kind of prickly in the sense that she is always very uh, hyper vigilant and hyper uh, alert about everything that's going on around her. And you get the feeling that at any moment she might just sort of snap and throw something really heavy at you, which is, of course, the, exactly the kind of person you want in the entertainment industry, because it means that they're going to be uh, they're going to be compelling. So once she gets on stage, uh, you're never quite sure what she's going to do. She's uh, something, you know, sort of like a uh, like a more stable Amy Winehouse in some ways. I'm just, maybe that's, that's my perception. I could be way off. What do you think? You've given this uh, layers of thought. Um, I had never met Lady Gaga in person. I've seen one or two interviews. I haven't, you know, I've followed her music. I haven't followed the antics. You know, I don't, you know, I know she's eccentric. I know she's out of the box, and I appreciate that in most artists. The whole thing, you know, with the junk, you know, uh, you know, the picture with her, <laughs> the junk in her, uh, her trunk, I guess. I don't the, know. The um, whole thing with the junk. That's a phrase I don't hear enough. I took that seriously. So people are actually running with that, huh? It's, she got uh, grilled for like, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes, something on this. Uh, it was some Australian uh, radio show. Interview? She didn't like, you know, she wasn't offended or nothing by it? Or? I, she, I, you could tell it wasn't like uh, like item number one on the list of things she wanted to talk about, but she didn't hang up. She didn't. I mean, she stayed there and she sort of, she engaged with them on it. It's just, uh, she seems to be kind of a divisive, and she seems to be a polarizing figure, too. That I know a lot of people who instinctively dislike her for reasons that I can't really figure out, and you know, there's a lot of people who are who are really into her as well. So um, I would say this: artists like that are the ones you should sit back, make popcorn, and enjoy the ride. Exactly. Well, that's watch the movie. You know what I mean? Because there's always a movie being made, so to speak. I mean, I'm looking for. You know, it's no telling what she may do at this year VMAs. You know, I, I know she's going to perform. And that's a big deal for us. That's a big deal for the network. I think that's a big deal. You know, she's been a phenomenal 
uh, phenomenon over the past year or so. This album has been ridiculous for her. Um, I think all of these things play into her persona and the, the fact that she is eccentric. And the, 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 the great thing about her, though, is that she writes music and she plays instruments. And, you know, I think in this day and age, you, you know, that's kind of what I want from entertainers. Now, all that other stuff, you know, could be tr- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't followed that. I try, you know, today's in this digital age, you know, journalism has become so trashy, and we've all kind of resorted to the lowest common denominator. And even artists utilize it in their favor now. Everything is so divisive and calculating that I kind of like, you know, shield a lot of the the that stuff out and just kind of focus on the art so personally i'm you know you made me more curious see now another you're making me feel bad for trafficking in gutter journalism <laughs> now i just feel like i i feel like uh, i feel like i'm part of the problem instead of being part of the solution i have to go say a hail mary or something let me tell you something man unless you got job security you got to do what you got to do that's this, what i'm saying in this world of journalism like i got two more years on my contract in the third year i'll probably be talking about the same stuff Excellent. So, but you, you can you can sort of pretend to have uh, you can pretend to have a less purient uh, purient approach to things. Now, let me as far as the VMAs go. A couple other things you mentioned. Uh, two things just now that I want to touch on. You talked about she, how Lady Gaga, you know, she writes and she actually, you know, she performs. And you mentioned the digital age. One of the uh, nominees for best male video, I believe, is um, DOA, the Death of Autotune uh, from Jay Z. Uh-huh. And so there's that song, and then uh, KRS One and Buckshot just put out that uh, that track, uh, Robot, which is all about autotune as well. Mm-hmm. With kind of the hip hop community itself turning on the auto-tune usage, do you think that we're going to see, is that going to be a thing that's going to fall out of favor now that the artists themselves are taking shots at it? It's interesting, man, because it's definitely created a division because a lot of artists have had their biggest success uh, by utilizing this tool on their voice. You know, uh, uh, Webstar, Jim Jones, Ron Browse, you know, um, uh, Jay-Z's, I think, um, argument is not so much T-Pain, because he's an R&B artist, or, or if any other R&B artist chose to use it, his thing was in hip-hop and rap, okay, cool, it's been done, it's been done over and over again, move on, grow, experiment, innovate. You know, KRS-One and Buckshot, same thing. You know, they're, they're hip-hop purists, enthusiasts. So um, anything that becomes a device to kind of help you propel your career through music to the, to the mainstream, and it seems like a gimmick, typically hip-hop, eventually turns its back on. And I do think that the more people use it, the less people are going to want to hear it. So I'm actually in favor of uh, DOA. I like that song. I, I, I agree. You know, I come from the hip-hop, com- uh, com- you know, culture. And I feel like once somebody's done something so much that if you, I mean, be creative, what, can you figure something else out? Otherwise, it all sounds like a, a, the same song to me. Well, and I, and I will say this. I saw, I think it was uh, yesterday, the day before, that this week they made an iPhone app downloadable that will let you sing auto-tune through it's your incredible. iPhone. So I think it's it's officially jumped the shark at that point. It, uh, <laughs> really, there's just no getting around that. Uh, we're talking to... Wait, it, uh, yes. So you heard about what do you think about Janet Jackson doing this tribute? That was big deal. Actually, the next question out of my mouth was going to be uh, we were talking about the VMAs and Janet Jackson. Now is she going to is she going to open the show? Is she is she what's kicking the whole thing off? She's doing this. Listen, Rick, is is Sarah there? By the way, I am. Oh, hey, Sarah. Hello, how are you? He's your biggest fan. Huh? (laughs) He's what? Uh, You're her uh, biggest fan. 
I'm her biggest fan. It's true. I've heard so yes. much about you. Don't you love having Rick put words into your mouth? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Rick. Uh, what, what am I going to say next, Rick? Rick. Uh, Sarah, I really love you for your mind. Sarah, I really love you for your mind, but I like you for everything else. I actually met you <laughs> long time ago. I was on. Uh, I was in the audience uh, for TRL like five years oh, ago. My God, what? <laughs> yeah, and you were hosting it, and it was. Uh, when Katie Holmes was there, and it was before she went all crazy with the Tom Cruise stuff. And by the way, uh, did we say that I speak to you? Did I say hi? Yeah, we just said hi and hi. Well, we didn't know each other from anything, but you were very friendly. And uh, not to get Sarah in trouble, but I should say at this point that she did, in fact, completely and totally lie about her age to yes. get in, I believe. So. Well, you weren't old enough? No, I was too old. <laughs> oh, what was it too old? Oh, well, well, I don't know what too old. I think old. it was like a cutoff, like, at, like 21 or something. I was like 23. She has a youthful uh, energy about her, though. Okay, well, I lied about my age, too, so. Um, so is uh, Janet going to be opening the whole event? Yes. It, the show is kicking off with the Michael Jackson tribute, which is, you know, you, you know, TV hasn't had a relationship with the Jackson family in quite some time, uh, ever since, you know, the, the Super Bowl and, the, and the, the, what they call Nipplegate, you know, and um, I think it's fitting that she is the person to do this tribute. There's been a lot of tributes done, but I think Janet kind of legitimizes it all and kind of sums it all up. And I know she came out on stage when BET did their awards show, but it was too soon. I mean, she was still mourning. And, um, I, man, I'm, I'm so excited about it. I mean, I heard she's rehearsing 15 hours a day. I don't know what she's going to do. Okay, I, I, I hope it's that she's going to do some choreography and re-song a bunch of his songs. Um, that would be the best thing. But just to have her a part of it is going to be incredible. It's, you know? Well, and you're right that, you know, that after um, that after Michael, you know, she really is, uh, you know, she's sort of next in line in terms of, I think, uh, you know, musical uh, legitimacy and credibility, probably with the public at large anyway. And, you know, and, and she really seemed to have been is so affected by it, as you said, that it was just too soon for her to, to be doing anything uh, earlier. So uh, this will be, in a way, the first real performance of any kind once the storm had sort of passed. Absolutely. And then and, and it's, a, you know, it's, a, um, it's a, you know, we're reconciling our relationship with her uh, and MTV, and hopefully she'll be she'll be inspired to put out more music and, you know, get back on a, you know, get back on the grind, so to speak. Janet's very talented. I think the last project she put out probably wasn't representative of who what she can actually do. And uh, hopefully, you know, this may trigger something in her to come back i mean we're, we're all you know there's no shortage of great artists well uh, wait, 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 wait 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 did i say that right no, no. no. there's a shortage of great artists <laughs> yeah that's what i meant to say. just tell her to quit singing so many songs about bondage uh that's it just makes I, I me uncomfortable like that, i'm into that no, the Video Music Awards, they air September 13th, 9 p.m. Uh, Sway, thank you so much for spending time with us. You have to come back and do it again, my friend. Anytime, man. It was great talking to you, and um, enjoy the show, man. All right. Thank All you, right. sir. All right. There yeah, you go. Take care. Sway, you too. MTV. There you go. Awesome. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Well, that happened. Uh, coming up <laughs> at the surreal. top of the hour, we have news from your personal savior, Tim Riley, coming up at 8.30. Uh, Anthony Zucker, creator of CSI. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Love is like a bomb, baby. Come on, get it on. Living like a lover with a radar phone. Looking like a tramp, like a video band. Demolition woman. Can I be your man? Razzle and dazzle and flash a little light. Television lover, baby, go all night. 
Sometime, anytime, sugar me sweet. Little Miss Innocent, sugar me, yeah, yeah. Tim Riley on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at the bottom of the hour at 830, Anthony Zucker, the creator of CSI. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Kelly Clark from uh, the Willamette Week, as well as uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of Kelly Clark, she'll be here tomorrow with food porn. I did, uh, my mom was in town uh, over this past weekend, and my mom has eaten a lot of weird food uh, in her day, uh, because, you know, you know, grew up eating not a lot of money, and then it moved all around, and blah, 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 Dust Bowl, blah, 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 Tom Joad, blah, 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 and so she ate all this weird stuff. I mentioned your whole b- bizarre peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich uh, thing to her, and it, she recoiled like I had offered her a bowl of bees. Oh, whatever. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm not. I mean, I am passing judgment. I don't judgment, think that but you I, should pass judgment until you try it. Like that's just the most close-minded thing ever. Like see, if you if you try it and hate it, then you're allowed to talk crap about it. But you know, I haven't had cancer either, and I, I, I think that's probably a thing I don't want. I, I don't think I'd like that. I none well, for me. Well, just because it's your lucky day tomorrow, I will be bringing in some peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. See, but if you do that, I should get to bring something awful for you to eat. That's... As long as it's not anything weird meat. Well, why, see, why do you get to make, make that rule? Because all it is is peanut butter and mayonnaise. But see, I, that... I'm not eating any, like, tongue or anything. But see, but eating tongue, I think, is actually less weird than eating peanut butter and mayonnaise. At least tongue is just, like, one isolated flavor. That's just, uh, that's one thing. It's, it's, uh, it's one food in and of itself. Whereas peanut butter and mayonnaise, it's like two things that, by definition, don't go well together. Unless you've got some weird freakish disability of the taste bud. But you will never know unless you try. I'm just, it's, I'm just saying it doesn't seem like you ought to be able to make uh, rules and regulations about what I'm bringing in if I can bring something in. I will eat something. If it's something like, you're allergic to or whatever, that would be one thing. But uh, Yeah, I'm not, I, I have a weird, like I love meat, but I have a weird relationship with it. Like I'm not going to eat anything that has like taste buds or anything. Well, but see, but by the same token, I could just say that uh, I have a relationship with odd greasy condiments being jabbed but into my, uh, my peanut butter. I've seen you greasy condiments in your mouth for years. I think, okay, well, that is true, but not combined with... It's like uh, it's like I love uh, jalapenos and breakfast cereal, but I uh, I don't really know that I'm going to pile them all together into a bowl. Okay, so I should not bring you a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. Well, I think you should bring no one a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. Well, Kelly Clark ever. and I already talked about it, and we uh, were going to have uh, some tomorrow. Well, the weird thing was that you went online and there was apparently like recipes for it. Or people, yeah, it's not that strange. A lot of a lot of people like them. A lot of people like put like bananas and stuff on them. Too. Uh, see, I can't. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for you on this Wednesday morning. Well, a team of purse snatchers is at work at Gresham. The president will show the nation he's in control following a summer of wingnut sabotage's plans. He also tells kids to be careful of what they post on Facebook if they intended to go into politics. Have you seen that uh, that soundbite where Barack Obama says, And you uh, kids, you want to pull up your pants. Maybe some people want to see your backside. I do not. Which is great. The sort of thing that more presidents need to say, I think. That, uh, that'll get you high approval ratings right there. Uh, at some point before the end of the show, you're going to be asked to identify this Beatles song, my friends. (laughs) 
when we give the call for it later on, if you can be caller 10 later on this hour and identify that Beatles song, you'll win a copy of the Beatles' Rock Band. Uh, it goes on sale today. It'll also qualify you for the grand prize Rock Band Special Value Bundle, which includes all the Rock Band instruments, mic, guitar, drums, and the game. That is not now. That is between now and 9 a.m. So be listening. Straight ahead, news from Tim Riley. And at 8.30, Anthony Zucker, creator of CSI. Stay there. We're live from Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101. KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on in the program, about uh, 840. I like we're going to talk to uh, Anthony Zucker, creator of CSI. At this very moment, this is Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO newsroom in downtown Portland. It is 825. Expect showers today, high temperatures in the 70s. Washington Governor Gregoire has hosted a pandemic flu summit. Those attending learned how the National Guard will hand out bird flu vaccine. Meanwhile, Washington State University officials claim H1N1 may be slowing on the Pullman campus, estimating up to half the student body could come down with that flu. And the first case of the West Nile virus has been reported in Seattle after a dead crow was found. Wait a minute. First of all, a dead crow is creepy. Mm-hmm. Secondly, when you see a crow on the street, uh, I guess I'm, I, I guess it's a crow. Do you ever see the, a bird and you can't figure out if it's a crow, a blackbird, or like other? I have no idea what, like a crow and a blackbird. There are these birds all over my neighborhood. See, and I, but I don't really know. Isn't a crow huge, though? Aren't they massive? Or is that something else I'm thinking of? A crow is a good-sized bird, I would imagine. A crow and a blackbird aren't the same thing, though, right? No. They're different birds. Right. I thought blackbirds right. were smaller. I see. I don't really know the answer to that. And did you just say that it was avian flu, and then uh, and then you followed it with swine flu, followed by the West Nile virus? Yes, yes. So mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those falls, isn't yes, it? Yes, one of those three. All right. Uh, Apple has come out with an early morning teaser. They have announced they're chopping 20 whole dollars to $120 off uh, most of their iPod line. This came down moments ago. The 8 gigabyte has been reduced 40 bucks. The 32 gigabyte iPod 120 bucks. 16 gigabyte 50 bucks off and the uh the classic 120 gigabyte 20 bucks off. If you want to have uh, dinner with Sarah Palin, the bid start at $25,000. Apparently they think somebody will. eBay's auctioning up dinner for five with the former Alaska governor and her oh, husband, Todd. God, really? I thought they were divorced or something. Uh, the star says that they are divorcing. They, they, they flat out say it. Also up for grabs, lunch with Carl Rove. Really? Yes. Now, see, I would almost do that. See, that? well, let me ask you this right now. If you, How much would, and don't pretend that you wouldn't. I know that we would all pay to have lunch with Todd and Sarah Palin. How much would you pay? To have lunch with Sarah Palin and her uh, quasi-husband. I'd pay $100. I would pay $1,000. Probably not more than that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd pay any more than that. I'd pay $1,000 right now uh, to have. But this is but this is twenty five grand a seat? Yes. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Imagine. Uh, I mean, I would go just to see that slack-jawed husband of hers. Just to, uh, just to watch uh, them interact a little well, bit. Just, well, yeah, just to see what they're like. their vibe is uh, in person. You know, because uh, it, it seems like... It seems like that is such a she-wears-the-pants kind of family. And they tried to pretend that it was sort of the other way during the campaign. I think they wanted to look more traditional. Uh, but, oh, man, did you did we talk about the thing of Levi Johnson posing in Playgirl? Did we discuss that? 
I don't think we discussed it, no. So I guess the, uh, they haven't officially confirmed this, but apparently the uh, the rumor is that he's going to be uh, showing the all together uh, for Playgirl because he's, you know, it's a guy who's going to cash in the chips while he has them. So How old is he? It's like 20. Oh, okay. One, maybe? 22? It's like way older than what your name was, Bristol. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So uh, let's hear more from Barack Obama. Uh, what's he telling kids now? He says, be careful of what you post on Facebook if you don't intend to go into politics. Well, wait a minute here. I turned this thing off. Let me try this again. Uh, okay. I had the uh, mute switch on. I'm going to take the mute switch <laughs> off. All right. I think we're ready to go. I think we're ready. Well, we were. I know that sometimes you get that sense from TV that you can be rich and successful without any hard work. That your ticket to success is through rapping or basketball or being a reality TV star. Chances are you're not going to be any of those things. The truth is being successful is hard. And you won't necessarily succeed at everything the first time you try. That's okay. Some of the most successful people in the world are the ones who've had the most failures. It's nice that he says that. I mean, that's a that's a nice sort of sweet lie that we tell uh, children. You know, that, that rather than just giving them the unvarnished truth that most of you will amount to almost nothing, and twenty percent of you will almost amount to something and then fail at the last moment. Three percent of you will luck into some kind of success. All of you will die miserable and alone. I'm Barack Obama. Goodbye. Here's Tim Riley. So let's ask school children what they think. Here's some uh, child named Dylan. Well, the important message for me is to be responsible and don't quit on yourself. Boy or girl? I don't know. What's a Dylan? Boy, (laughs) I I think, but he's... (laughs) I didn't mean it that way. The first name, Dylan. I think he's doing that thing where his tongue is out between his teeth as he's speaking. Somebody somebody hasn't hasn't jabbed that thing back into his mouth when he's talking. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. I guess this is a geek watch. Here's your uh, geek watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux, and I just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn ship. You got it? Energize. So Patrick Stewart has appeared at a convention in Atlanta and answered some questions about his future in the X-Men and Star Trek film franchises. Stewart recently did a cameo as a younger professor, Charles... Xavier and X-Men Origins. Xavier. Xavier. Wolverine and is looking forward to appearing in other X-Men spinoffs. He said he just co-starred in a production of Waiting for Godot with Ian McClellan and the two agreed that they would like to continue exploring the relationship uh, between these two people. Regarding Star Trek, uh, Stewart said that J.J. Abrams' film was terrific but didn't see a future as Jean-Luc Picard in the franchise. He did, however, say that he would consider doing a cameo in the sequel. Answering other questions, Stewart said that uh, when he started working on Star Trek The Next Generation, the show's uniforms were so horribly uncomfortable, he asked his doctor to uh, contact the production company demanding they be changed. When the conversation turned to Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner, Stewart uh, talked about how much he respected Nimoy. As for Shatner, he paused and said... He's a piece of work, isn't he? Wow. Oh. Smackdown. The, uh, where's the unit was just said during the break that, uh, that Patrick Stewart doesn't appear to age? He hasn't aged. I was looking at pictures of him from that conference, and he was standing in front of a picture of him on the show like 20 years ago. 
looks exactly the same. I think he's one of those guys who was kind of always old, though, because I don't think I've ever seen pictures of him when he was young. I mean, they must exist somewhere, but I don't, I don't think I've ever seen one. Actually, I haven't either. And so I think he just, he reached kind of like a, uh, uh, you know, like Steve Martin. He just reached a sort of age ceiling and then just it kind of stopped uh, and then just never advanced beyond that. Well, see, it's good that he could be, you know, it's like Jerry Ryan, uh, with whom we spoke earlier today. She said that, you know, she doesn't really aspire to go back to Star Trek as such, but she's leaving the door open. And the thing is, I, I'm hoping to get her in the studio at one point because I want to ask her, like, when you sign on to Star Trek or anything like that, I sort of assume that that's where, you know, it's equal parts trepidation and excitement because on the one hand, you know you could be typecast. On the other hand, you know you're on the gravy train for life because all else fails, you can spend the rest of your life signing autographs for nerds at $25 a pop or, you know, whatever. All right, excellent. Straight ahead, we'll talk to uh, Anthony Zucker, creator of CSI, and uh, more news from Tim Riley. Sometime between now and 9 a.m., you'll get a chance to identify this Beatles song. That's for your shot at the Beatles rock band. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I grab Thor's hammer by the Sons of War band. I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. In just a few moments, we'll be joined by Anthony Zyker, creator of CSI. Tim Riley will also uh, have a final news wrap-up for us in a few. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow, 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 we will be talking to Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Uh, she'll have another installment of food porn. And we'll be eating peanut Fine, butter and just bring it. Because here's the I'll thing. I'll make Nib Man eat one, too. Uh, I will eat a peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich, or part of it. I will, I, I'm not going to tell you how to eat the whole thing. Here's why. It's the same reason I stayed all the way through Napoleon Dynamite. Because I didn't want some jackass to go, well, you can't pass judgment on it. You didn't watch the whole thing. I stayed and I watched every insufferable minute of that goddamn movie so that I could full-throatedly, wholeheartedly condemn it as the worst thing ever committed to celluloid. I will eat part of your godless sandwich uh, so that I can uh, condemn it. I just... I'll, you know what? I'll suck it up and eat one, uh, too. Uh, well, that's mighty white of you. That's great. Well, if you have something, if, if you can think of something that you like that you might not think, like some horrible combination of food, See, and I won't, then I'll try it. And I won't bring a tongue for you. And I, but the thing is, I couldn't even, I wouldn't even know where to find it. And also because I know that, like, the peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich, which even just saying it, um, that's a flavor thing where I know with like eating like weird meat, that's like a perception thing. It's like the idea that and you're texture. eating. Well, it's, like, it's like my mom was always like, and you know, you know what else would be good? Cow brains. I'm like, stop it. Stop, just quit <laughs> saying that. It's just hearing her say it. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Greg, real quickly, you, uh, we were talking to you uh, earlier uh, about uh, Sway from MTV. Yes. We talked to Sway from MTV about the VMAs earlier, and I, I know that there was something, I don't even know what it was, but apparently there was some sort of weirdness going on on the phone because I could see you through the window talking to him. What was going on with Yeah, that? we had quite a conversation. Usually, I mean, it's weird because a lot of these people, they'll come on, you know, and I'll just give them the quick rundown, you know, he'll pick up the interview, we'll go from there, but some of them actually just launch into conversations. This is the they weirdest one. you a little bit? Yeah, yeah. We're like buddies. And so, uh, Sway, he gets on, and he obviously must have had my name written in front of him. He's like, is this Greg Nibbler? 
I'm like, awesome. Uh, yeah, I swear. Uh, yeah, we'll put you through here in just a minute. He's like, man, that's an awesome name. Is that your real name? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yes, actually it is. I, I thought about changing that, but I decided to go with it. He's like, man, don't change that at all. You know, but it's a good thing it's not Nippler. And I'm like, oh, oh. all right, that's a good one, Sway. And uh, then he's, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a poor name. He's like, and then all of a sudden the tone changed from this. He's like laughing, joking around. He's like, yeah, seriously, though, would you ever do porn? (laughs) No, I probably wouldn't do porn. He's like, yeah, me neither, man. Although I made some, though. I'm like, like really? He's like, yeah, I made some porns like a few years ago. I made some homemade porns, and I started. I watched them back, and I was just like, oh man, I couldn't do it, so I erased them. So yeah, uh, I don't think I'd do porn again. Oh, we gotta, we gotta this all came from your name? Yeah. Oh, this is how this all stemmed from. Yeah. You are a good-looking man, though, Greg Nibbler. <laughs> just like, all right. Well, it's time to go on the air. So have you ever wrapped yourself in visqueen? <laughs> Wow! Seriously, would you ever do porns? <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's commit now to having him back on the show. Excellent! Absolutely, I yes. like this. He was awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. We'll have a final uh, news wrap up from Tim Riley in just a few minutes, uh, and in mere moments, we'll welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Anthony Zyker. It is now your opportunity to win a copy of Rock Band, The Beatles. If you can be caller ten at five zero three two two eight four one zero one and correctly identify this Beatles song. There you go. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. He is the creator and executive producer of CSI. He also produces CSI Miami and CSI New York. He is the author of the new book, Level 26, Dark Origins. Mr. Uh, Anthony Zyker, uh, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Thank you very much. Um, I want to ask you right out of the gate if, if this is true, because I heard this story that when you created CSI, it was actually you were operating a... You were driving a tram or a bus or a train or something like that, and your wife had act had actually asked you to stay home one night and watch TV, and you saw something on TV that that sparked your imagination, and the next day you sort of thought up the idea for the show. Well, that's partially right and partially wrong. So the true story is, indeed, 15 years ago, I was a tram operator at the Mirage Hotel for eight dollars an hour, and it was there where I had my idea to write my first screenplay called The Runner, which got me into the business. And about three or four years later, I wrote CSI, which is my first TV script, and and the whole thing took off. How CSI got started was my wife told me to stay home and watch a show called Do Detectives on Discovery Channel. She was eight months pregnant. If I walk out the door to go exercise versus watching the show, I could have a different lifestyle, but I'd listen to my wife, thank God, to sit down and watch the show. It was the Linda Sobeck episode, the Oakland Raiderette cheerleader that was killed by the photographer. And when they pulled a long blonde hair follicle out of the headrest in her Jeep, there was a tag cell or a seat attached. Now, if your listeners would take their thumb and first finger and yank out a couple of their eyebrow hairs, they'll see a little white seat attached because it was yanked out in the struggle, meaning that the killer's rendition of what happened was false, that there was a struggle inside the car, and just on that one hair follicle, I said, wow, all that info just on one hair, and therefore the idea for CSI at that point was born. And the the whole thing just just sprang from that. You... Uh, have uh, created you know, the multiple shows, and the novel is now out. Had you written books before that, or is this a natural progression of what you do as a writer? No, I have not written, written a book before, and that's why I hired Dwayne Trzynski, who's a great writer, who can, was able to take my 60 to 100-page outline and make it into novel form. And you know, in, in the whole spirit of a digital novel, it's such a different animal to publishing. 
it really encapsulates uh, the publishing, motion pictures, and a social website all wrapped into one experience. Well, and people who have watched CSI can tell that you're obviously a fan of technology and science, and you really have embraced all that stuff wholeheartedly. And that translates to the book, too, because there's an online component to it. I mean, it really is. People use the phrase multimedia a lot, but there's a lot going on at once with, with this book. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, if you would. Sure. In the, the, the digital novel, if you want to read the book cover to cover without ever logging in or joining the website, it, it reads like any great James Patterson novel. <clears throat> the difference in this novel is every 20 pages that you read, you have the option to log in to level26.com, enter a code word, and it will unlock a piece of motion picture footage that will bridge you from one chapter to another. It's about three minutes long. So it's kind of like getting a motion picture inside every book. And then when the book is over with, you can go to level26.com, join a social community that where you can have forums, chat. I'm on the, on the site every day. I have original blogs. So it's a full-blown you know, social experience all wrapped into one. So, you know, there you go, making it hard for everybody who's going to write a book from now on. Now we got all this extra work, things we got to do. When you look at CSI and the, the impact it's had, and speaking of things really being game changers, what do you think about um, the, the fact that, that juries now, they're saying, I have this CSI effect where prosecutors and defense attorneys either have a trickier or harder job uh, getting the result that they want because juries now expect some incontrovertible piece of evidence to be produced because they see it on CSI? I think it's a falsehood. You know, I, that, that's that's an insult to all Americans. You know, Americans that will go on a jury and that they're told by a prosecutor or, or someone in, in the defense side that CSI is a TV show. This is reality. Please don't bring you know the fiction into the courtroom. I believe that people on the jury understand that it's a television show and reality. That that's one side of it. The other side of it is yes, the audience that is a jury has watched CSI, now has a little bit of a preconceived knowledge of what forensic science is. So they, don't, they can no longer be fooled by slick-talking lawyers. They can't be bamboozled by law enforcement using $10 words. They know what DNA is. They know what blood spatter is. So it's really just about personal responsibility to make sure that you don't insult the intelligence of your layman juror. And they know reality from television and kind of go from there. And I, I do have to ask you, have you uh, contributed any of David Caruso's sterling one-liners uh, to CSI Miami? Have any of those come out of your brain, sir? I'm, I'm sure a couple have, you know, especially back in, the, back in the early days. I think one of our favorites that wasn't necessarily mine that always sticks out with me, which is something Ann Donahue wrote, which I love, which is he said, told a, a criminal one thing about us. We never close. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Anthony Zyker, the new book is Level 26, Dark Origins, available, as they say, at Better Bookstores everywhere. Thank you, my friend. Best of continued success in all you do. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. And I'm going to spend all day, like, taking my some, you know, my glasses off and th th putting them back on again, like, all forcefully. Song? Yeah! yeah. Background. Uh, which, by the way, they've totally corrupted that song for me. Now I can never hear uh, Won't Get Fooled Again without picturing David Caruso just sitting in the sun going. What song, Rick? You know, the, uh, yeah, right there. I should have just seen, but I can never do the one-liner. Um, no, build up to a one-liner. Uh, do it. Not, uh, quiet. Uh, I can never think of anything. Um, well, it looks like it's, no. Well, this is one, one thing you can say about, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. All right, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Hello, Tim Riley. Oh, hello. Something amusing over there? No. <laughs> it almost looks like you've lost your composure. 
It almost looks like you found the best website ever. I probably have. Is there Pe- something you'd like to share with the people of Portland? People of Walmart.com. The people, people of Portland. People of Walmart.com, Tim. What's that? Oh, it's an amusing website. What might Safe I see for there? work. Really? Is it? Uh, no, well, some of it isn't, though. What, no, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. what, what sorts of things would I see at that website, Tim? <laughs> right now, I'm looking at some of, a woman with a scowl in her face wearing a Nazi sweatshirt. <laughs> with? <laughs> okay, that is awesome. I didn't expect you to say that. That's fantastic. Well, why wouldn't you? With a you? big sticker on it, and, it <laughs> and the sweatshirt is red. <laughs> Doesn't a swastiker sound like a sort of like a German appetizer? You know what I mean? None of that. Just a plate of swastikers for us, please. All right. In a parking lot full of beat up K cars well, from the 1980s. Well, you got to complete the picture somehow. Oh, by the way, just with a, a picnic table on the back of it. Since we're doing random observations, here's here's two that I wrote down, and I'll allow Tim to collect his thoughts. Uh, when you mentioned Patrick Stewart being in uh, Waiting for Godot, I had two ideas here. One, if they haven't yet, The Simpsons need to do an episode called Waiting for Godot. Uh, secondly, there needs to be a um, there needs to be some sort of a uh, stage play about transforming robots called Waiting for Gabo. I don't think I've seen Waiting for Gabo. It was a Gobot. It's a go, go, but go, Godot, go. Gabo, Gobot. Is this the one where you said Patrick Stewart was in a loincloth? You should turn Tim's microphone back on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Tim. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing over there? <laughs> Tim is actually unable to speak. Are you still looking at the woman in the in the swastika sweatshirt? No. <laughs> There's a goat on the roof of a pickup truck. Why? Is there any explanation given? It's a pet. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, charitably pull down the curtain on this whole enterprise. Were Tim able to speak? Were he not distracted by swastikas and goats? Uh, <laughs> He would undoubtedly be giving you some... There's a monkey hugging a woman. (laughs) Okay, we have to stop right now because now it's spreading to this side of the room. It's infecting everyone. Uh, um, We should take a note. Take a a, a moment here, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about the KUFO half-off sale, which is uh, continuing this Friday at 9 a.m. You have to stop, you bastard. Why is there a goat on top of a pickup truck? I don't know. There's no background given to that. (laughs) There's a goat hugging a monkey as she's shopping for shoelaces. (laughs) Why was a monkey shopping for shoelaces? I don't know, but she's in the shoelace aisle with a monkey. (laughs) Moving ahead. The Thirsty Lion, ladies and gentlemen, is a Northwest pub with European flavor that serves lunch, dinner, and drinks seven days a week. Choose from a list of domestic and import drafts with American and European sports year-round on their 50-inch plasma screen. This Friday at uh, 9 a.m., you're going to be able to get yourself a $25 gift certificate for $12.50. That's half off. Half off. Uh, the UFO half-off sale continues this <laughs> Friday at 9 a.m. But if you are caller 10 right now <laughs> at 503 You'll be able to get that for nothing. Wow. All right. We have to end this now. We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, also from Leverage and Star Trek Voyager, Jerry Ryan, Ryan White from The Oregonian, Sway from MTV News, and uh, CSI CSI creator Anthony Zyker. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and very tolerant Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. It's... Tim Riley on Swastika and Monkey Patrol. 
Uh, our PA is the intrepid and overworked Greg Nibbler. At the uh, front desk, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, the webmistress Bridget from upstairs. Alpha broadcasting marketing guru Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds. Uh, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock coming up next. It is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz uh, and uh, Court and Fatboy coming your way. 3 to 7 this afternoon uh, with more copies of Rock Band, The Beatles. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. It is Wednesday, September 9th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.